Hello and welcome to the conversation. I'm Heil Russell. And I'm Dustin Jackson. And Dustin, it is Hello. Yeah, hello. <laughs> it <laughs> That's is That's the best part. That's the yeah. everything after I say that is just downhill. I don't care. <laughs> it is officially autumn, as we've discussed. And you know what? Damn it, Dustin, I am in the autumn spirit. You know, you know, like I, I didn't used to ever get in the, the, the spirit of autumn because I used to view autumn as a season of death and decay. Right. I, I mean, I get that. I'm all about like the renewal of life, you know, spring into summer. Uh, but in the past decade or so, I have gradually grown to appreciate all four seasons. I find the beauty within all of them and, I have really grown fond of fall. It, to, to use oh the my goodness, term. I'm so glad. Yeah, and I realize it's only fall here in the Northern Hemisphere, if you're listening to us, below the equator. Uh, happy spring. I'm, I'm, spring's great, too. I'm not going to talk about spring today, though. I'm going to talk <laughs> about fall, because for me, like, fall... It used to represent a lot of negative things, which I didn't realize as a kid tied into my anxiety. Like I, you know, I suffer from, you know, bipolar two anxiety, but I didn't realize that as a kid. I just thought I was like high strung and I'm fall sad. brought with it, you know, going back to school and all the social anxieties that that would dredge up. Plus, you know, the loss of your, you know, freedom as a kid where you could just do whatever you want all day long um right you got to go back to school back or, or, or as i like to call it prison am i right <laughs> i liked learning you know i i i did enjoy that aspect but i didn't like things like having to like get up in front of the class or getting you know called on for you know to answer a question and, and you're just put on the spot and and just that peer dynamic it it just unnerved me, and I I didn't put that together. But I would dread fall for that reason, even though I would very much like things like Halloween and you know, uh, U.S. Thanksgiving, which would always tie into my birthday as well. And of course, my birthday eventually would signal the arrival of the latest, hottest Donkey Kong game from the mid to late nineties. <laughs> so you know, I I would have good aspects of fall, but I would never really welcome the arrival of autumn but i like it now i like cider i like uh, you know the the crisp autumn air i like all of the woodland rodents scurrying around gathering their nuts i I just love that (laughs) you're telling me so we are celebrating autumn here on the conversation and we're going to be doing that by once again Breaking out our travel books, Destination DKU. We are talking about the second world of Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze today, Autumn Heights. And if you're not familiar with the Destination DKU format, what we do here is, this isn't like, you know, here's how to find all the Kong letters in Autumn Heights. No, that's, that's, yeah, this ain't a walkthrough. No, that's nonsense. You know, you can read 
game facts or mario wiki or or watch a walkthrough on youtube or twitch if you want to do that what we're doing is looking at autumn heights from an in-universe perspective we're we're looking at it as it exists within the world of the dku the rare archipelago and we're trying to suss out what we can learn from environmental and contextual clues that Retro Studios provided us. So we, we did this for Juicy Jungle last season, Dustin. Right. And that was a fun yeah. episode. Um, you know, we've also done... That, yeah, that was great. Uh, I, I have a question for you about that episode, actually. Yeah. Do you remember if I said that was my favorite world or not in that episode? I tend to tune you out after you say hello, so... <laughs> it is all downhill after that. Right. Yeah, I, I just feel I'll, I'm going to feel like a real jackass if I say this one's my favorite world. You know, it's OK to have fluctuating opinions. This isn't like the 2004 presidential election. Nobody's going to accuse you of being a flip flopper. Topical. <laughs> I know. Right. Remember that when being the worst <laughs> thing was being a flip flopper. Don't be a flip flopper. Dustin. <laughs> you said this one thing and you changed your mind. You're a flip flopper. I threw my flip-flops in the trash. I didn't want to be associated with that. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's okay if you've changed your mind, Dustin. It's okay. I feel like depending on what day I'm asked, yeah. it'll be either Autumn Heights or Juicy Jungle. And maybe it's just because it's what we're talking about today. But I'm going to say Autumn Heights is my number one favorite tropical freeze world. It, it's... Just gorgeous. That's fair. That's, that's fair, Dustin. I, I think for me, when I'm feeling juicier, I gravitate towards Juicy Jungle. When I'm feeling a little bit more dry, <laughs> it, it'd probably be Autumn Heights. That, you know what? That makes sense. I, I feel like that adds up. Uh, so <laughs> we, we also did the Congo Jungle episode for Destination DKU earlier this season. And last October, we did Witchy World. So, this, yeah, we we got a lot of these. Oh yeah, this is our fourth one. Um, you know, and we're, we're how many more locations does this DKU have? Oh, unfortunately, we we could probably fill multiple seasons just doing these. Um, oh, I my say God. it fortunately, but why why is it unfortunate that we have a wealth of content? People look at the conversation and they say. How is it possible that a Donkey Kong podcast has been going 11 years and is still <laughs> finding content to talk about? And well, yeah, I, I, I find myself pretty, f like, I would consider myself pretty familiar with the DKU. And even I ask that sometimes. I've got magic fingers, Dustin, and I am I able to massage the topics. <laughs> that's, tr that's true. Your fingers are my favorite part of you. So. If you like the fact that the conversation never knows when to shut up about <laughs> about games where, you know, we haven't we haven't had a new mainline Donkey Kong entry in almost 10 years. You know, there hasn't been a new Banjo-Kazooie game in 15 years. If if you find it stupendous that we're able to keep going like this, uh, consider backing us on Patreon. DKVine, yes, please. forward slash Patreon. It's how DKVine keeps running. It's through the generous support of you, our listeners. And, you know, I, I, I have been pushing this, um, 
I, I, I guess, goal of if I can hit two grand a month on the Patreon, I can do DK Vine full time. And that is still the goal, Dustin. Uh, however, I have some exciting news that I'm not going to share on this episode. I'm going to be revealing it soon, but it's great news for DK Vine. It's great news for me. Uh, good things ahead in DK Vine's future, which will mean more content than ever before. I'm not quite ready to announce it yet, but, uh, please, 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 if you like DK Vine, if you like the conversation, just think about, you know, throwing a couple bucks our way a month on, on Patreon because it really is the difference between, um, you know, DK Vine shutting down and, you know, and and thriving so uh thank you yeah i I know you guys have been eyeing those new slacks at the store but you know maybe maybe put those off a little bit you don't need them right away throw throw those bones our way right yeah you know eventually you know maybe we'll sell slacks on our merchandise store and you could just get them there oh that's a good idea yeah because we are on t public dustin and you can find us dkvine.com forward slash merchandise or just searching us on T Public. We've got a new shirt for October, Dustin. How exciting is this? <gasps> it is the World One Tourism shirt, which evokes the National Park posters of the United States Forest Service. Um, and it, it, it applies that to Lake Orangutanga from off of Donkey Kong Country 3. And you can get it on a t-shirt, but you can also get it as our first wall print, our, our first poster. Ooh. Uh, you, you can, you can hang this on your wall and say, Oh yeah, I played a game with a monkey in it. <laughs> Yeah, Heil, you you know I famously am not a fan of this whole DKU shit, but <laughs> I love like Orangutanga. Yeah, that you made this with me in mind, and I just know everyone else is gonna love it as well. No, this it, it's gorgeous. I love it. I yeah, I'm I'm proud of this one because you know my my design skills are are zero, but uh, I feel like I've gotten better <laughs> since since our t-shirt store <laughs> opened because uh, you know. At first, we had stuff like the grapes shirt, which uh, I'm still proud of, by <laughs> the way. I still think that's uh, just high elegance as far as the fashion world goes. But there, there's a uh, wide gulf between those early shirts and what we have now. And um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so so uh, World One Tourism, you can get it as a shirt. You can get it as wall art. You can get it at dkvine.com forward slash merchandise. Check it out! Check it out, man! So, Dustin. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Heil. Do you got something on your mind? Uh, you know, a a few things pertaining to Donkey Kong. Yeah. I know, like, what have I been doing thinking about Donkey Kong when Mortal Kombat 1 is out? But... (laughs) (laughs) i i actually would like to talk about mortal kombat one just because i find the continuity of that series fascinating Uh, they they, they've like rebooted it twice now but they're like in-universe reboots that still like honor what happened before and uh it's wild it's 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 just like like 
if if I was an obsessive about Mortal Kombat, I would have a lot to say about, about that. But uh, let, let's that ta- sounds off the hook. Yeah, let's let's talk about a series that has an unbroken streak of continuity. No soft reboots here. The Donkey Kong series has done a remarkable job, I feel, at making sure that the feel of the series, the like the the tonal theming does not remain stagnant. Even back in the mid 1990s when we are getting two games a year. Do you remember that, Dustin? Do you remember oh, when we would get How could t- I forget? two Donkey Kong games a year? And, and, and we were just like, <laughs> this is it? <laughs> I, f- I felt like one of those rich fat kids who was like, I only get two Donkey Kong games? Yeah, and I still wanted more. Um, b- back in the mid-1990s, it-, it felt like each subsequent iteration felt new and different enough from what had come the previous year. Um, you know, e- even when they were running on the exact same game engine on the same platform, we got three Donkey Kong Country games from 1994 to 1996, all on the same console, all running on the same engine. But they felt vastly different from each other. And part of that, I feel like, you know, begrudgingly maybe more in the modern era, but back then... Switching up the characters and cast definitely helped. But I would also argue that making sure the series really broadened its horizons in its setting went a long way towards keeping Donkey Kong not just fresh, but something that could be more universal than what you would think would be the inherent limits of what you could do with a, a series starring intelligent apes and monkeys. Um, right. Like a lot of people associate the Donkey Kong series with jungles. I mean, uh, uh, of course they do. It's, <laughs> it's the natural. Yeah, I habit- guess that makes sense. It's a natural habitat of gorillas and orangutans and monkeys and, so, so it makes sense, but the series doesn't have to just be set in jungles, and you don't need to base every game around that jungle setting. And, and of course, there have been jungle levels and worlds in every mainline Donkey Kong game since 1994. But it's usually only the first game in a sub-series or a special occasion in which the jungles are presented as the main archetype in which the game is themed around. You know, th- those images that appear on the box art and in the promotion for the game, what your mind goes back to when you recall that game. So, you know, Donkey Kong Country, the original, Donkey Kong Land, Donkey Kong 64, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, Donkey Kong Country Returns, they all have that jungle setting as the primary archetype, and it's what you think about when you think about those games. Right. But for direct sequels, when we're lucky enough to have a direct sequel, this, (laughs) the series sort of shunts jungles too deeper into the ecosystem of the game itself. And they instead focus on a different environment to give the game its base identity. Um, and, and kind of 
theme it around in, in all of the promotion. So, of course, Donkey Kong Country 2 and Donkey Kong Land 2 had pirate ships and this sort of high seas nautical swashbuckling adventure as its base identity. Right. Donkey Kong Country 3 and Donkey Kong Land 3 did something different in that it went to uh, a more temperate lake country for its setting. Uh, and of course, Tropical Freeze would then have like the mangroves as kind of like the, the stock theme based off its first world lost mangroves as, as sort of everything the, the promotion was based around. But I, I bring all of this up. This isn't just a weird Heil tangent. This actually serves a purpose set up our discussion tonight. I bring this up because Donkey Kong, you know, will generally default to jungles whenever the series gets a fresh start or new beginning, as well as representing the series in crossovers and cameo games like Mario titles or Super Smash Brothers. It's it's usually a jungle that you see if Donkey Kong has to have any home field representation. And that's that's all well and good. But I think for hardcore fans of Donkey Kong, the ravenous Donkey Kong fans, of which we are included, the other archetypes are just as important to the identity of the series. And the way our memories default thinking about those, you know, when recalling the sequels. And we often want to return to those vibes i guess that the the sequels really celebrated and you know the 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 sort of um like soft restarts of of donkey kong never really do um donkey kong country returns kind of went back to the pirate aesthetic here there uh with like worlds two and three in the game you would have like cool levels like stormy shore or mass blast and you know it it didn't really like hit the same levels the same dopamine hit that maybe main brace mayhem did in dkc2 but it was still cool because it was like oh oh it's it's a donkey kong game celebrating uh, pirate themes high high sea themes yeah that that that's cool i like that and i yeah same yeah um but sometimes, sometimes the stars will align just perfectly and we'll get a Donkey Kong experience that feels like a bigger budget version of the past. And I would say, you know, Retro Studios arguably achieved that with the second world of Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze when they hit upon a lot of the same atmospheric feelings of Donkey Kong Country 3's Northern Cremosphere, as much as you could get without returning to the Northern Cremosphere. Right, evoking it. Evoking it, right. Evoking the same kind of feelings that Rare really played up in DKC3. It, It didn't hurt that Dixie Kong made her playable return in Tropical Freeze, and either deliberately or through just the luck of level design felt like she was the partner Kong who felt most prominent in the second world of Tropical Freeze. So you you had a whole lot of Dixie in play, and you had a lot of environments that felt like they could have been lost levels from Donkey Kong Country 3. 
Right. A lot of uh, verticality in these levels, too. And what when we look at the love for this world, so many people adore this world. When when I announced this episode, you know, I, I knew it was popular, but I didn't realize how passionate so many people felt about it. <laughs> and I do think it, it does tie into evoking, you know, Donkey Kong Country 3, which unfortunately is the entry that is most often ignored by you know, mainstream video game discussion it, it, it's yeah. it's hugely celebrated within the like i said the hardcore donkey kong fandom here at dk vine and elsewhere but you know you you, you go outside of our uh, comfy cozy walls and and you're really not going to get a lot of people celebrating it so it was really great to see sort of a return to this just like returns kind of tipped its hat to dkc2 i feel like tropical freeze did the same with dkc3 so let's talk about it let's talk about autumn heights oh man there's nothing i would love more autumn heights just like all of the tropical freeze worlds it is an island unto itself in the rare archipelago part of the chain of islands north of Donkey Kong Island that includes Lost Mangroves to its north and Bright Savannah, Seabreeze Cove, and Juicy Jungle to its south. So, as, as we mentioned, it has got a temperate climate and it is extremely mountainous, mountainous hence the verticality that, that you just referred to. Uh, it's got like forest dotting the the like more plateaued like areas of it where where there isn't just like sprawling mountains and cliffs and the northern cremosphere from DKC3 and Donkey Kong Land 3 it has some overt i guess bavarian and, and swiss influences to it like central europe um, the, the, uh, the, the Alps, the, that, that whole region of Europe. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the Northern Hemisphere specifically was kind of a Rorschach test, like, like an ink blot in that people tended to just see their own frame of references in the Northern Hemisphere. The amount of people who claim that Donkey Kong Country 3 is the Canadian one, um, <laughs> it's Legion. I mean, there are so many people who say, oh, Donkey Kong Country 3 is based on Canada, right? Or, or the Pacific Northwest of the United States. Um, and, and I see more like Germanic, um, Swiss Alps kind, kind of vibes to it. Um, especially with characters like, um, you know, Benny and, and Bjorn and, um, some other things. But, you know, I, I guess it's nebulous enough. It's, it's kind of vague here or there that, you know, if, if you are familiar with any sort of temperate pine forest, you, you, you will like see it in DKC3. <laughs> but uh, right. Autumn Heights definitely takes a page out of, uh, the whole Oktoberfest vibe. Like it, it, I don't think it's not ambiguous at all. They were really going for Central Europe here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it, it's not as uh, ambiguous as DKC three can be. 
Yeah, it's it's great because you've got beer steins just like littering the ground. Yeah, I mean that, that's not a joke. Like you you ground pound the ground and you can open up the beer steins and get items out. And of coins them. come out. Yeah, coins or, or bananas, and and I'm just like. Wow, bunch of dwarfs. You're using these wrong. Yeah, right. Well, I imagine, like, just, uh, like, the, the amount of people just going around drinking their beer out of the steins, and then they drunkenly leave their steins, and then, I don't know, uh, bananas fall in because it's the rare archipelago, and you, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> right. you can't walk five feet without kicking a banana, so they're just gonna, you know, get in your, get, get in your mugs, and anyway, but, yeah. You know, th- th- this is definitely a European flavored island in the rare archipelago. And we do have, you know, European flavors across the rare archipelago, mostly owing to the fact that rare, you know, is, is in the UK and they would just draw from their own experiences. But my question is, it, this is so familiar to the Northern Hemisphere that, you know, Figuring out how the rare archipelago is officially laid out is a bit of a fool's errand. We've had, you know, different fan interpretations, including our own Cameron, who did his rare archipelago map. But, you know, there's no firm and fast, like, rule how this stuff is mapped out, except from what we can gather from what the games show us. So we, we like, we know where Crocodile Isle is, or was, relative to Donkey Kong Island. We know where the Tropical Freeze Islands are, sort of relative to Donkey Kong Island. And then everything else is just contextual and, and like, logic, and just trying to fill in the gaps. Like, I would say Conquer, the Willow Woods Panther Kingdom Island, is probably one of the most northerly islands in the rare archipelago. I'll agree with that. I mean, <laughs> I, I I have no evidence to the contrary. You could tell me it's located anywhere. <laughs> and I would and say... I would believe you. I would say the faraway lands, the setting of Dokyong Jungle Beat, are in the southern hemisphere and maybe are the most southerly islands in, in, the, um, in the rare archipelago, just based off things... So... Oh, go ahead. Just, just based off things like the penguins you see in the background and the fact that, uh, they are far away. So how far away are they? Well, to the south. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's all just, um, conjecture for the most part. See, so you'd say, uh, the faraway lands are the exact opposite of Willow Woods. Um, well, I mean, technically... They're on opposite sides of the coin. Technically, the rare archipelago, however you want to define it, could go even further north if you include the North Seas that the Snowmads are from, so... Oh, that's true, that's true. And of course, it, it might extend, you know, further uh, west, where, you know, eventually going into the entrance to the Sea of Thieves, which is in the Caribbean, so, you know, I I, I don't know, but... The, the question, though, is what is the relation between Autumn Heights and the Northern Cremosphere? Because they, they seem like they're linked, at least in, um, like their, uh, ecosystem, their, like, climate. They, they seem very similar. So are they neighbors? Are they close to each other? I, I, is it adjacent to the Northern Cremosphere? And 
I, I like to think so. Um, but there's no in-game evidence to support that, but it just makes sense to me that these would be at least the same, um, like latitude, longitude, whatever it is. Um, yeah, the parallel to each other. Um, now, if right, they have similar vibes, s- similar vibes, similar climate, and I, I could just see them being, you know, like, you know, you know, d- different, different political environments, maybe, you know, um, like, I don't know if Autumn Heights is run by bears, but. Oh, yeah, that's true. I, we have, I don't think we see any bears we, in we, Autumn we Heights, see, do we? We don't see any bears whatsoever in Autumn Heights. But I like to think there could be bears that reside there. Why not? I mean, why why wouldn't a bear yeah. family or two say, you know, I'm I'm going to strike out in Autumn Heights. I'm leaving the Northern Hemisphere. I'm moving to Autumn Heights. We we never see any. Yeah, I mean, look at look at all these houses that they have. <laughs> they got to have some people living there. There there is a robust civilization in Autumn Heights, and we never really get a good idea of who is actually residing in them. I mean, there are a bunch of owl houses the further up the island you get, but, like, I'm... I'm sp- right, but down here on the ground floor. Yeah, like, like near the coast of Autumn Heights, um, specifically the um, Windmill Hills. You, 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 like, you basically, you're strolling through a town. It, it's one of the very few yeah. towns in a Donkey Kong game we ever see. And so I like to think there could be bears residing there. Um, why not? It makes sense, especially to, like not even getting into broader DKU lore, just within the Donkey Kong Country series. We know there are anthropomorphic bears that live in cabins. So why can't there be bears living here? And, uh, I, I, I just think it makes sense when logically inserting it in with the rest of the series and the DKU that, yeah, yeah, there could be bears here. It's just not part of the same Northern Hemisphere political ecosystem. So, so own independent. You know island. what, Heil? You, you convinced me. I, I think there's at least a bear living here. <laughs> at least one. And that make, that brings me comfort. <laughs> Whenever there's a bear, just one. I feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, just I, I'm just worried I'll wake up one day and see an open house sign in front of it. In the live stream, Freezer asked, is it related to the towns from Impossible Lair? You get a little bit of that. Uh, Impossible Lair, um, the, the Royal Stingdom, the, which is the... Um, the 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 setting the the grand tome setting of ukulele and impossible layer it does remind me a little bit of windmill hills in particular just because it's got that european vibe to it but um that's that's a bunch of bees that live there <laughs> yeah bees and bears are different bees that that are I mean, it, it's a convoluted story ukulele and impossible layer and I don't really want to get into spoilers here if if you've had um, if you've seen like all the endings to Impossible Lair, but there's a there there's some heady stuff going on there. Um, and that that like that being said, I I think uh I, I don't think there are any bears living in a royal stadium because they would have to be written into the Grand Tome itself, and um, I I don't think I don't think that was done. So we do know it would, it would be madness. It would be absolute malarkey. 
Uh, yeah, because if bears are living next to bees, they're just going to be getting that honey. That's how wars are started. That, that is, that is, that's just the the breakdown of civilization occurs right then and there. <laughs> so we do actually know, though, of some indigenous wildlife on Autumn Heights. And this is thanks to the way Retro broke down these worlds in Tropical Freeze. There would, of course, be the Snowmad Army that's that's moved into all of these islands. But then you get, within each ecosystem, unique baddies that have been integrated into the Snowmad Army, similar to how the Kremlin crew would also incorporate... You know, species other than kremlins like naughties and armies and slippers and uh, right meats. i always like that i like seeing uh like they're not all alligators i like whenever you get uh, a little variety in there <laughs> alligators kremlin crocodiles they're, is what i meant to say well yes but kremlins are crocodilian not al i mean i know alligators. Right, but my I, I, I think what I said is still accurate, though. There are no... It's not all alligators. In fact, it's no alligators at all. <laughs> You're getting me on the damn technicalities, Dustin. You always do. <laughs> I win. So, yeah, there, there is um, wildlife that has kind of been brought in to the um, the, the snowmad ranks. And you know, we, we've discussed this before with the snowmads. Do they, like, come into this environment and then do they like then train the wildlife like cer certain um representatives of the wildlife do they like capture them and then train them to serve their purposes because you know in lost mangroves we see some of the um like dodos in the background who aren't part of the snowmad army um, like, like we, we see wildlife that is representative of just the, the still wild wildlife that hasn't been brought into the snowmad ranks. So, you know, it raises. Right. They are trying to, to hurt the Kongs, but they have no allegiance with the snowmads. Or like they, they, I'm, I'm talking about the, like the background, background ones that don't attack the Kongs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it, it's possible. And I, I like to think like, just starting us off here, we got cheesy chesters, which are the <laughs> the rats with uh I know Jeff hates retro's naming conventions for the baddies in Tropical Freeze, like Monocle Monica <laughs> and like he he, he he despises this. And um Hey there everybody, I'm Cheesy Chester. Cheesy Chester, yeah, which which sounds like some sort of like indie game knockoff of Five Nights at Freddy's, which is a knockoff of <laughs> yeah. Chuck E. Cheese, like Cheesy Chester. Cheesy Chester's yeah. where I had my fifth birthday party. <laughs> so, Cheesy Chester, they're the, um, like, disease-looking rats. <laughs> they, <laughs> Rude, but accurate. They're, they're hideous. They're, they're hideous rats, which, um... So, so, like, the question is, how much, um intelligence do these creatures possess because when we first enter autumn heights you know the, the camera does the whole like um swooping in like and and you see like the the different like wildlife like getting getting into stuff 
um, this little like slice of life before the Kongs enter the scene. And we see like the cheesy right. Chesters like standing upright. I think we see one chopping wood and <laughs> so it, it raises the question, are these like fully anthropomorphic rats or if you really want to get into the weeds of this logic, have the snowmads train some to stand upright and chop wood and do other things. Cheesy Chesters are interesting conundrum because later on in Autumn Heights, we get a little bit more insight into their inner world, so to speak. And yeah, they got all that cheese. Right. And, and so it raises the question of like, how much of this existed before the snowmads came in and how much of it is their doing and their teachings and their trainings. Because here's the thing about rats standing upright, Dustin, that always squicks me out. It, it <laughs> reminds me of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle origins where Splinter um, is, is, is the one who as a, as a pet rat, learned karate or, 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 or like learn the martial arts. <laughs> right. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know how much of a Ninja Turtles guy yeah. you are. I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with, I, I wouldn't consider myself like a super fan, but I know, I know about TMNT. Yeah. So there, there are like alternating origins for Splinter in some of them. He is the pet rat of uh, Hamato Yoshi. Who, who was this, uh, right. martial artist who, I think he was part of the Foot Clan and then he was exiled, uh, by, by Shredder. And, um, and then in other origins, he is a rat that merged thanks to the mutagen with Hamato Yoshi, which explains why Splinter knows martial arts and has all this wisdom. I've always preferred the latter, because for me, it's a bridge too far, even in the wacky world of Ninja Turtles, to have this pet (laughs) rat that, you know, learned the martial arts and the ways of the ninja, and um, it's like, there's gotta be more to it than that. But So, to see... A rat chopping wood. And this is complicated within the the broader DKU because, of course, there are intelligent rats in the DKU. Like, we just talked about Witchy World last year, and and we've got, you know, characters like uh, Jippo Jim or whatever um, who walk around carrying mallets, right? And... Right. Um, so, so we have, you know, sentient rats in the DKU. But for, for Donkey Kong, it's always a weird divide because in games like Donkey Kong 64 they just went full banjo kazooie with it but in Donkey Kong Country games there there has been this kind of divide between like the kongs and the bears and like more wildlife more just like actual right. wild animals and it's it's the- there's there's a more clear line in the sand between uh what animals can walk upright and uh wear clothes and which ones are are more animalistic right and and so when i play a donkey kong country game that's that's not you know donkey kong 64 or uh banjo kazooie or you know diddy kong racing or whatever I, I'm going to be thinking in those terms, I think. I think that's just the way my brain is primed to think of it. So it was like, okay, well, Kongs can, can you know, speak and walk upright. And, of course, the snowmads throw that askew because, obviously, they have 
uh, a greater degree of sentience than, um, you know, just, just wild animals. Like, they're penguins and walruses and what have you, but they're obviously, you know, they, 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 they've got agency. So, I, I don't know why this is so hard for me to just accept that, oh, the cheesy chesters are just a civilization unto themselves. And I, and I have to, like, really get into... You have to work out the logic. I, I, yeah, like, my brain is just like, well, wait a second. Like, maybe the snowmats taught them how to chop wood because the snowmats would need wood piles... And why, why would they swing that axe when they could just get a rat to do it? And, and then I'm like, Heil, you're, you're an idiot. <laughs> uh, well, I think about the rats from DKC3, uh, sneaks. Sneaks. I yeah. believe. Yeah. In, in, in that, they really are just rats. They just kind of walk around and they're like in the mill. Here, these ones are at least a little smarter than that, I think. You know, they're chopping wood. They're, 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 chopping they're holding the, bananas on sticks. They're chopping the wood. They're hoarding the cheese. Yeah, ex- exactly. It. My first instinct is I think they're just a smarter breed of rat. Like, I, I think they're they're not quite... Up there with uh, anthropomorphic ones, mm. like uh, is is Dilberta's a rat, right? In Banjo Tooie, Dustin. Every time we, we, we ha- do, we have this discussion before. I feel <laughs> like we always like figure out what Dilberta is, and then we always forget it. She's at least a step above these. She talks. She's a mole, but or I, she's a rat, or mm, or I, I remember Steve. Mayle, I want to say she's a rat. Steve but... Mayles got on my case for this the other year <laughs> because I, I I made a joke on uh on social media and Steve Mayles was like she's clearly uh blind and I've already forgotten it. Steve Mayles, I'm sorry, but when you when you have so many rodents in these games, I can't keep track, especially when you put a rodent in a well, minor hat, and I'm thinking, well, that's a mole, because moles wear minor hats, but, yeah. Well, yeah, she can't, Dilberta can't be a mole, because Bottles is a mole, but... Oh! A- anyway, back to back to these guys. <laughs> this is so complicated. This is all nonsense. <laughs> this is all made up. None of this None matters. None of this matter. It's all d- pretend cartoons. Oh my god, my life is a fraud. Who cares a, about a rat chopping wood? No, but I, I love the cheesy chesters. I, I just like their designs. I like their weird eyes. I, I think on a list of DKU rats, I would put them above sneaks. Sneaks never really did it for me. I like how ugly sneaks are. These are, these are also ugly. Like, here's, like, I'm not looking for a sexy rat. I'm not. <laughs> not- well, let's not, let's not say anything we can't take back that's that's not my thing but I, I i would love if we we could have a rat where you could be like that's an objectively handsome rat <laughs> yeah you know what i would take this rat out to dinner and and not be embarrassed <laughs> i i think what's weird for me about cheesy chesters is that they've got the coil in their tail like they've got they've got the um like like the tail that's curled up into itself, right? And then you've also got that same pattern in their earlobes. Oh, that's fun! Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so it's just like I'm I'm looking at all like these dual spirals, and I'm getting hypnotized by him, and and <laughs> I, I'm I'm just looking into 
like the 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 mouth of madness and i'm just like god i hate them <laughs> but uh, but i like them too i like that like i hate right. them viscerally i look at them and i'm like go to hell but i'm intrigued yeah, yeah, by yeah you're them. supposed to yeah yeah like they're they're designed to be little shitheads they're little fuckers is what they are yeah yeah, yeah that's a even better word for it yeah, and they're they're everywhere in this world. I gotta say, but yeah, it, it, when when we're entering Windmill Hills, and yeah, there's that one cheesy Chester who's kind of like egging on the the Schnauzel pig with like a banana on a stick. Uh yeah, like like you you mentioned that. I'm like I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> what do you gain from this? You're a rat. This is this is the logic I love. What if the snowman's trained the cheesy chesters to then train the schnauzels. oh it, it, it's like it's like a it's like a line of of training right right and then this is how the snowmats take over and accomplish so much is uh they're, they're so hands-off right like you you get the rats on your side then you get the pigs on your side <laughs> right see they're working smarter not harder <laughs> right life hacking so <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit, Dustin, about the the pigs, the boars, if you will, um, of Autumn Heights, Schnauzel. I can't even say their name. Schnauz Schnauzel Schnauz Schnauzel Schnauzel Schnauzel. This rules. This is a good podcast. <laughs> No, but it's it's a hard it's a hard name to say if you're not a native speaker. Schnauzel, schnauzel, schnauzel. Is it schnauzel? Schnauzel, schnauzel. Okay, we'll go. We'll go. With that. It's like good schnapps. job. It's like schnapps, the alcohol. My parents would also always drink schnapps, and um, that would be their go-to booze of choice. <laughs> they they would drink peach schnapps. Sounds delish. I'm like, what the hell? Why am I related to you? Uh, the <laughs> schnauzels are interesting, Dustin. They are the native boars. I, I guess they're boars. I mean, which a boar is a type of a pig, but they are uh, native to Autumn Heights, but they also breathe fire from their <laughs> nose. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that's fun. I I actually got really pissed off at these guys earlier. I was playing through the world uh, just to refresh myself for the podcast. Uh-huh. And boy, I, I I can't even blame them. It was my fault. I kept getting hit by their fire. I, I was the one fucking up. They were doing their jobs. Right. I mean, they, they breathe fire. That's just what they do. It's your job to stay away from their fire. Yeah, I, I chose to stand in front of it, I guess. What's interesting to me about Schnauzel is that this isn't the first instance of a fire-breathing pig in a Donkey Kong game. Huh. So Donkey Kong Jungle oh Beat, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, one of the primary baddies you encounter in that game are a, a class of pig or boar, and, and there's several throughout the game. But generally, I think the agreed upon English translation, because they, they didn't translate most of these baddies to English for the game. We didn't even get any names for them in any of the material released in the West. So the, the most, I think, agreed upon 
translation is hogs uh, for for these uh, jungle bee pigs. H a w g hog. That's fun because it's kind of like hog h o g, but it's like different. (laughs) It's 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 a little bit more (laughs) uh, rebellious. It's like oh no, a little more in your face. Yeah, these these ain't your daddy's pigs. A little bit more extreme. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. They 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 uh they defy authority. They stick it to the man. Yeah, the the pig of the two (laughs) thousands. Uh, so you, you've got several hogs in Jungle Beat. You've got gale hogs. They're, they're, they're the hogs that blow gust of, uh, breath at you and blow you back. And then you've got fire hogs, which, um, the, the, the loose Japanese name is Fire Pig Popo, which is what, like, sites like Mario Wiki use. I I am more about like more like bluntly translating them into what I think the English would be, and I I I think it would be Firehog. Uh, so that's DK Vine's translation of, of this. That body. also that also just rolls off the tongue nicer too. Fire Pig Popo. Yeah, I I wish uh, Mario Wiki would. You think just... I got all day saying that name? Mario Wiki, I mean, this is what they do. I'm not, I'm not faulting them for this, but they have to be very literal with, right. like, what they name their articles. Because if there is no direct English translation anywhere in any literature, they will just go with the Japanese, um, name and, and, you know, whatever would be the, the phonetic English of that. But for, for me, Firehog is just, um, a lot cleaner. And, uh, yeah, the f- I always thought they looked like big koosh balls. They do look like koosh balls, but th- th- this being the second major instance of fire-breathing pigs in the Donkey Kong series, not just the DKU, the Donkey Kong series, I like to think that schnauzels are uh, distant relations. I could see that. I like that. I like that little connection there. You know, I, you know, maybe, uh, maybe a long time ago, a fire hog got on a log, L-A-W-G, and floated, <laughs> floated north, uh, to, I don't know how that would work with like trade winds. Uh, maybe, maybe they, uh, boarded a cargo ship that went to Autumn Heights and, um, they, they got loose and they eventually evolved into, uh, sh- schnatzels. So. You know what? I like that a lot. I like being able to see uh, Schnauzel's uh, limbs, though. Yeah, it's nice that they're not just enormous koosh balls. Like, like I, I, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think the uh, fire hogs and the gale hogs—they do have limbs, but they're so spindly, they're so tiny that it just looks like they're a big gluttonous ball of fat. Right. They're 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 very bushy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also evocative of the 2000s, because, yeah, <laughs> our president was we very... We were very bushy at yeah, the time. Yeah, our, our president was very bushy back then. <laughs> so, <laughs> we brought this up with Juicy Jungle, Dustin, but the, the question uh-huh. is, are these creatures actually called Cheesy Chesters and Schnauzels, or is this what the Snowmads named them? Uh, that's a 
good question. I mean, I have no reason to think they're not just called that. Uh, I have nothing else to go off of. See, if they're brought into the Snowmad army, though, like, maybe this is just the Snowmad terminology. And this is something Jeff and I have also discussed, because when he goes on rants about Monocle Monica, I'm like, well, hold on. (laughs) Hold on, Jeff. Maybe, uh, like, that's not actually their species name. Maybe that's just the dumb name some, like, Tuck gave them. Uh, Like... (laughs) Mammy Lord Frederick is just an idiot. He was like, let's put a, uh, let's, let's, let's put a monocle on this bug and name it Monocle Monica. <laughs> That'll be great for marketing. Yeah. So maybe the snowmats just suck. <laughs> They're bad at coming up with names that, 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 being that, said, that really that being catch said, on with people. Cheesy Chester and Schnauzel, especially Schnauzel, uh, when I can say it properly. They're, they're much better names. Like, uh, I, I, I like them. I like them as names. So. Yeah, I mean, it's better than Fire Pig Popo. <laughs> yeah. Take that, Mario Wiki. Jesus. <laughs> so, uh. Disclaimer, I love Mario Wiki. I love Mario Wiki too. Friends of DK. They're very Line. good. We're, we're allied. Uh, so. Uh, like, like, my, my, my issues with calling it Fire Pig Popo, that's in no way an indictment towards Mario Wiki. I understand why Mario Wiki has to abide by, you know, strict Wiki terms. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if, if someone's looking for the pig enemy from Jungle Beat, you want to call it what it's called. You don't want to call it some made up name and then have no one be able to find it. I mean, to be fair, they only call it that because they're they they don't want to translate it further if it's not there's no like, direct <laughs> English translation in any like Western guide or whatever. And sometimes they use like the pri- the the Prima guides um for for their sources, and they're full of all sorts of misinformation. But they've got to do it because it's got the <laughs> Nintendo seal on it. I get it, right? But um, that's that's the nice thing about DK Vine is we can get a little bit looser. We, we, we can, we can say like, mm, yeah, but what if not? <laughs> what if it wasn't like that? Ever what, consider that? What, what if we just, uh, you know, do what feels right, man? <laughs> That's what I like about you. You go by, by what you're feeling. I go by my own code. I call them hogs, <laughs> man. I call them hogs. <laughs> <laughs> So the the only other uh, major baddie in in Autumn Heights that you could make and have a, a very zesty argument over whether or not they are indigenous. Th- th- this this is a bit weird, and this is a unique thing to Autumn Heights in particular. It's the hoots, the hoots. Now. This is this is a controversial debate because Tropical Freeze never established this one way or another. The, for those who don't know or don't remember, Hoots are the owls in the Snowmad ranks, and they're one of the main like um, classes in, in the Snowmad ranks. They're not just like the native wildlife that the Snowmads may have trained. And, and incorporated. Right. They're, they're like the, they're like the high ranking, uh, aerial soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're, they're part of the main group. They, they wear belts with the snowmad insignia. They're found everywhere in tropical freeze. They're right there with 
tucks and waldos and like those um those, those stupid little lemmings you know um <laughs> and, and uh yeah but like the 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 higher elevations of autumn heights have many hoots birdhouses and the top of the mountain is carved into the image of an owl so right the question then becomes are hoots originally from autumn heights and then they join the snowmass later on like are they not like from the same area that the snowmass are from or it's possible that autumn heights has always been sort of a way station for the snowmass even though they are you know by definition nomads they are they are vikings who who don't necessarily settle down in any one place you know we we know they've got um little little secret clubhouses like stashed throughout the rare archipelago like secret seclusion the the hidden world in tropical freeze that is uh that is kind of a, a snowmad encampment in the sky above Donkey Kong Island. And so, you know, maybe Autumn Heights has been a little bit of a, like, a camp for the snowmads when they're in the area. So, I, I don't really know, Dustin. Because there's only so much conjecture we can uh, ring out of Autumn Heights. That I, that I honestly... Right, but I, I, I do like... I, I like that you you can they give you enough for you to think about it. Like who who else would be living in these big birdhouses? We don't see anyone else and uh I, I I don't think it's like too big a leap to think that uh they come from here. Uh maybe they uh maybe they they just got talked into being on the wrong side. <laughs> Maybe they lived a, a peaceful life here on Autumn Heights. Yeah, and like I said, it's possible that the Hoots are native to Autumn Heights, but were brought into the snowmad fold, like, long ago. And and this is kind of a sort yeah. of a homecoming for them, an ancestral, like, oh, yeah, like, we we used to live here. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's left ambiguous, but... They they clearly have some sort of connection, some sort of greater connection to Autumn Heights, even if it this yeah. is like the Snowmads um came in some time ago and like built up all these like birdhouses or owl houses for them and and you know had this like little mountain layer at the top of the island and maybe they left and now they're back and they're just like making themselves at home again. I don't know, but. Yeah, uh, I, I, th- this is the big question mark hanging over Autumn Heights is what is the extent of the snowmad influence here when the snowmads aren't invading? And, you know, it is a big deal that the snowmads are coming back into like this neck of the woods of the rare archipelago. And, you know, they, they have, of course, frozen Donkey Kong Island. They've taken it over. Like they're trying to make that like their, their permanent home, but, they're also like so, sort of um this this invading force in all these other islands en route to Donkey Kong Island and you know the Right, Kong's- they don't want to just stop at DK Island. Yeah, there's or, so many other islands right for the picking too. Or you know maybe they they're they're like um stationing their troops at these islands to you know, guard Donkey Kong Island so the Kongs can't take it back over. And the Kongs are this liberating force going from island to island, driving the snowmats out. Um, 
But yeah, right. Autumn Heights is the one where there's a clear, deeper history, at least with the Hoots. And whether or not the Snowmads, you know, um, have always earmarked, earmarked Autumn Heights as like something they have designs on, or it's just the ancestral home of the Hoots where they're originally from, that is unknown. They're in cahoots with the Hoots. <laughs> <laughs> That's a t-shirt right there. I'm in cahoots with the hoots. <laughs> that, that sucks. That'll fly off the shelves. Yeah, that that nobody's gonna buy that, Dustin. <laughs> and, and Back for, to the drawing board, I guess. Checking in with Freezer as as we're wont to do uh as of late here on the conversation. She says maybe they're from the same place as Snowmads, but this was a previous colony they settled on later just for owls. I could I could see that like like it had existed, but then the snowbads uh, stationed the owls there. Yeah, it, you know, it's, yeah, I'd it's, buy that. Any any of these explanations, I'd be fine with. It's I'm what not picky. It's whatever you prefer, really. Yeah, because I don't think they're ever going to explain any of this. <laughs> <laughs> so there were also going to be other baddies, or or there there were concepts designed for other baddies in Autumn Heights that we've seen from the concept art. And one of these baddies from the concept art did get into the game, but only as background characters. So they they never attack the Kongs. They're just kind of grazing livestock that you see in the background, Mm. which I love details like this. Like, I'm glad these didn't get in the game as bad because I think it enriches the world so much more when you've just got yeah, got I, them as background elements. Yeah, I was thinking exactly the same thing before you even said it. I, I, I think you get more out of the world with them not being bad guys. It, it, it just helps flesh it out a little more. I love it. I love seeing these little goats just around, just minding their own business. Yeah, when I first played Tropical Freeze way back in 2014... I got so damn excited by seeing these goats in the background, Dustin. I took screenshot <laughs> after screenshot, and I shared one with you. I think this was the first screenshot I, I took, Dustin, of, um, like, this is the Wii U version. This is me excitedly taking screenshots of the goats, because I was like, oh my god, goats, 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 tropical This freeze. one, the one we're looking at right now? Yes, yes, the one I shared with you. And maybe I'll share this on social wow. media later. But yeah, I, I, I was so giddy because I love this little, like, I, at the time I didn't realize that they were designed to be baddies in the game and they were cut and they, but they had the model still and so they just put them in the background because I just love unnecessary detail like this. Same. It, 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 it just goes so far. It goes such a long way for just fleshing out these locations. I loved when I caught the one, uh, it, it, in Windmill Hills, uh, mm. at the, you know, the, the lift part where it goes down and, yeah. and there's just a goat like right at the top, just chewing grass right at the top of the lift. I was like, that's my favorite of the goats. I really like these goat designs. I, yeah. I, like, I like that, like, they're, um, they're, they're chewing on straw or like grass or, or like a, a piece of hay or something. I don't know. They, they look like they're like, just um grumpy ass f- motherfuckers 
Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't want a- they don't want any part in this shit. Yeah. And so like having them in the background just grazing in the grass though, you know, it, it does indicate to me some semblance of civilization. Like I we, we talked about the town, but we've got livestock here. Like I don't I I don't think these are wild goats. I think they're like part of like a farm or something. Um so, you know, in my head canon at least, these are goats. And the the farmer is a bear. <laughs> the, these are oh, a bear. like that thing we were saying. These are a bear's goats. And the how one often bear and all that? as many goats. Yeah, how that's often? true. That's true. Like I've never seen a bear that has goats. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I have either. But, but I uh, really want to now. And, and so so in my head, can maybe this is even an unseen brother's bear. Maybe this is the 15th brother's bear. Um, who, who's just a goat farmer. He, 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 he loves goat milk. You want you want some goat cheese? Come to this bear in Autumn Heights. <laughs> he decided the northern hemisphere wasn't for him. Too many bears there. Uh come here and then just get a bunch of goats. Have you ever imagined a bear milking a goat, Dustin? A few times. Just just yanking on them goat teats. Yeah, a few to, it, it was unrelated to this though. Filling this up This is my first time in terms of the DKU. Filling up that metal like milk pan with the goat milk. <laughs> That's the life, huh? That's, you know, in Autumn Heights Things move a little bit slower, <laughs> including the goat teats. <laughs> you got to savor it. So the goats made it in the background. Thank God they did, because I adore the goats. There are two other baddies, though, that we see in the concept art. There's there's a weird one that's like um, a pile of hay. Uh... With like a rake in it, and above the hay are a swarm of bees. Boy, both things in conquer. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's evocative of conquer more than anything, including the design of the bees. They they just uh, yeah they 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 just look like uh, the the king bee from from conquer um so i, <laughs> yeah, I guess they're like the swarm of little tickly bees yeah I, I guess at some point if you like walk through like the hay these bees would come out and chase the kongs or something similar to like the the swarms of bees and well so many other dku games at this point but you know banjo kazooie you know the beehives and um right and then the, there's also a skunk that we didn't get what up skunk yeah, I, 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 you know, he looks scared. He's yeah, like shaking. He, he looks mangy. Like he looks like he, he's got <laughs> some sort of like skin disease. Oh, poor guy. I like his mohawk though. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do like to think though that the concept art in Tropical Freeze is semi canonical. Just, just as far as stuff like talking about juicy jungle that you know the the chops are the ones um running the um juice factory so i don't think it's out of the realm of plausibility to say that there are skunks indigenous to autumn heights we just never see them yeah i I think that's fair to say 
So, you know, just, just there's, keep, there's nothing in game saying skunks can't live here. So just keep that in mind, people, when you're playing the second world in Tropical Free, the, you know, ju- just, uh, you know, but behind that tree, there's, there's a skunk. You just can't see him, <laughs> but he's there. Don't worry. Freeze, freezer in the chat says, uh, retro would call the skunk something like stinky Sam. <laughs> Uh yeah, I, like um, P U Peter, <laughs> P U Peter. That yeah. sucks. I know. I was trying to think of a worse <laughs> one than what Freezer gave us. Just, just something, just <laughs> bottom of the barrel. I hate, I hate everything about this, and that's that's what I came up with. <laughs> oh man, I, I I think I get where Jeff's coming from now with these names. <laughs> Interestingly, there, there's another piece of concept art that you can unlock, uh, be, beyond just like the, um, like the, the baddie, uh, role. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a, a water wheel. And it, it's mm-hmm. full of beavers. Dustin, beavers. And when, when people first saw this piece of concept art, the question was, are these supposed to be naughties? Of course, the, World famous Donkey Kong Beaver. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm eight years old. Uh, the, the world famous Donkey Kong Beaver, Naughty. Everybody knows of Naughty's because they were, you know, the first baddie you see in Donkey Kong Country. And I'm really surprised they didn't stick around as the series went on. Well, it, it's partially because the the obsessive need to reinvent post rare. You know, the the Jungle right. Bee team didn't want to reuse any existing character and then retro felt the need to only bring back what was deemed the most essential but you know and naughties are heavily associated with the kremlin crew it would be a bit weird to like bring them in and not have any kremlin involvement so so it, it's probably for the best that they just cut these completely because if they were beavers who weren't naughties we would complain about it and if they were naughties, we would probably complain less, but there would still be questions being raised. So, <laughs> I'd I'd like it personally. I like the idea of like, oh, this is where because it doesn't really make sense having naughties just be in the DK jungle. Uh, so I like the idea that they came from here in a in a location that might suit them better. You do see beaver dams in the stages. Yeah, like I he, I, I think one stage in particular. Uh, there's a part where there's like a beaver dam, and I think the implication is uh, beavers are like chomping down the platform you're on. So you, you got to get the floating bananas fast. Uh, so you know, I, I'd be I'd be cool with that explanation. Like you want you ever wonder where naughties come from? Well, <laughs> guess what? The I I think for me like the thing is. I just always assume naughties are from Crocodile Isle. Like, they're, they're indigenous wildlife for Crocodile Isle. The Kremlings, like, bring over. Um, and that might not be the case, or Rare might have never, you know, thought about it in any, like, I mean, deep terms, but... I would agree with you if we saw any in DKC2 when we went to Crocodile Isle. Crocodile Isle's a big place, Dustin. Right, but you'd think we'd see a naughty here or there. We see, like... 10 million on DK Island. Okay, but we know skunks are in Autumn Heights, but we never see them. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You just said earlier. 
I got you there. I, I guess I gotta, <laughs> you win. The, 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 I, I think the, the problem with bringing in beavers, be they naughties or no, is that there was, uh, this, this weird aspect of tropical freeze where they brought in, um, like porcupine fish or puffer fish, uh, in, in Seabreeze Cove. They named them puffed up. But they didn't spell right. puffed up the same way as the pufferfish puffed up from Donkey Kong Country 2. Oh. And Donkey Kong Land 2 and Donkey Kong 64. Uh, because that puffed up, the Kremlin crew affiliated puffed up is spelled with one F. Whereas the Tropical <laughs> Freeze puffed up is spelled with two Fs. And so the question then becomes, retro, were you deliberately referencing the puffed up from from the prior games, or did you try to come up with a new pufferfish enemy, forgetting about the previous pufferfish enemy, and you happen to name them almost the exact same thing, but different? And if that's the case, like, they, what? what? <laughs> they did it on purpose. They knew it would break DK Vine. Well, I've rationalized it, Dustin, as, as, I, as I do. I'm the unofficial continuity massager of the DKU. And and my logic is that the puffed ups with two Fs from Seabreeze Cove from Tropical Freeze are related to the puffed ups with one F from Crocodile Isle, but the puffed ups with one F from Crocodile Isle are in a vault form of the puffed ups puffed ups with two Fs from Seabreeze Cove because they are the puffed ups that were evolved from the Kremlin source energies deep beneath Crocodile Isle, which evolved the Kremlins from croc- crocodiles into crocodilian humanoids. Well, just like the Kremlin source did to them, it evolved all these animals part of, that are part of the Kremlin crew. So what's the difference between a beaver and a naughty? Well, a naughty is a beaver that was evolved by the Kremlin source. What's the difference between a puffed up with one, with two Fs and a puffed up with one F? Well, a puffed up with one F was a puffed up with two Fs who has evolved from the Kremlin source. Dustin. Yeah, they, they evolved past the need for two Fs. <laughs> Right. They, they look down on the ones with two Fs, so like, hmm, still using that extra F, Well, huh? like, the the big evolutionary kink of the puffed up with one F is they can explode themselves. <laughs> That's so cool and advanced. So, you know, don't worry. They can wor- die. Don't worry, I figured it out. But it, it also is just annoying at the same time that I have to figure it out. Because it makes Donkey Kong continuity look clumsy to the outside observer. And it's like, yeah, DK Vine's got it all sorted and, and we, we make it all work. But, uh, you know, pe- people don't, don't trust us. <laughs> pe- pe- yeah, y- pe- you know. You know, pe- people take my, uh, my opinions, my, uh, my uh fan fanon and they they say uh you're you're just a mad person you're you're just <laughs> stay away from me like they they cross the street they get to the other side of the street when i start talking about puffed ups and i'm just like i thought you looked lost and i thought i would explain to you the difference between puffed up and puffed up i thought i was doing you a favor Anyway, yeah, so I'm probably, I'm glad there are no beavers in this game. Now, if they, because they would probably call them naughties, but spell it differently, like, like naughty, like, spell <laughs> it like naughty, like, you're, you're a naughty little beaver. Uh. Oh, you're just, you're just a naughty little thing. Yeah, rather than spelling it naughty, like the pun, like, oh, you're gnawing on things, hence you're a naughty. 
Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm glad we didn't get these hypothetical beavers. Could you imagine the world we would live in? No, no. The thing is, if if all concept art in, in the retro games is at least soft canon, then there perhaps are beavers in Autumn Heights, but they might not be naughties. They might just be regular ass beavers. It's true. You've you've presented the evidence, and I have no choice but to be on your side. Maybe these are the the base beavers that were evolved by the Kremlin source and became naughties. But you know what? We don't even ha- need to have this discussion because we all see them in the game. We all know. Yeah, yeah. Whew. All right. Well, now <laughs> now that we put that, <laughs> what to happened that, there? That was a whole thing. I, you know, I get very passionate about retros. Um, alleged continuity mishaps and i'm like don't worry retro i got your back I, I... <laughs> no need to thank me yeah don't worry people can still enjoy tropical freeze even though you have a puffed up <laughs> that's a different puffed up from the puffed ups we know don't worry it's all it's all thanks to heil you know when when tropical freeze came out and there's that backlash that it wasn't a metroid game that was primarily centered on the fact that there was a puffed up that wasn't the puffed up that we knew People were right, angry once, about once it. Once you rationalized it. Yeah. Once you rationalized it, by the time the Switch port came out, then people were like, I guess we can live with this now. I, I guess this is one of the greatest platformers of all time. <laughs> I get Now that that's been cleared up by Heil Russell. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the levels in Autumn Heights, Dustin, because... Uh, I'd be delighted. This, this is, I think one of the the strongest string of levels in tropical freeze like tropical freeze has a lot of great great levels but i i would say autumn heights and juicy jungle um there's this great progression in both of them where it's it's almost telling an environmental story with juicy jungle we see the progression of the factory and the different like what what they're producing in different parts of the factory from the like harvesting of the fruits to the making of the ice lollies where right. whereas in autumn heights it's it's more blunt it's just you're starting from the the base of the island and you're scaling upwards to the highest elevation um but i still like that kind of environmental storytelling i still like you know to see like the the subtle differences in the levels from beginning of the world to end of the world and and just how the uh perspective changes how the feeling of the world changes the further you get yeah i i totally agree i i would say that like as much as i like you know parts of bright savannah and Seabreeze Cove, like Bright Savannah, there's kind of a steep drop off after the first few levels there. It just kind of meanders after that a little bit. And uh, Seabreeze Cove is just got, you know, the the water levels are just kind of, um, there, there, there's, there's neat bits in there, but honestly, the air meter is, is kind of a deal breaker for me a little bit in Tropical Freeze. I get you. I, I, I can get where you're coming from. I, I like those levels myself. Like that one with uh, all the neon in the back. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, man. One of my favorites. Like, I think like each level works as a piece unto itself, but just sequentially, it it just starts to like wear down on you. 
And it was kind of a problem right. some of the retro Donkey Kong Country games had where it was just like, oh, the cave world in Donkey Kong Country Returns, it's just all mine carts and rocket barrels, and it's just too much. It's too much of one not thing. Enough, not enough visual variety. Not enough visual variety or gameplay variety, but Autumn Heights yeah. is, is just terrific. You get a nice cross-section of different things to do. And, and yeah. that includes... Each level looks different. And, and, and there's... Like, there, there's straight, like, left to right side scrolling. There's the vertical, uh, um, stages. There's minecarts. There's a rocket barrel. There's, uh, one centered around Rambi. I, it's just, it's just a nice package. If, if I was to, like, make anybody who didn't play Donkey Kong games sit down and play a world from Tropical Freeze, I think Autumn Heights might be my choice. That's a good pick. I think I would agree. So Windmill Hills, we, we've talked quite a bit about Windmill Hills already because it is kind of the the Bavarian town that is, sits at the base of Autumn Heights, the close to the shore, I guess. But it's it's already like rolling hills and um, j- just a lot of lovely imagery. Like this is where I would want to hang out. Like this, this is where yeah, I I love this stage. I I would get a soft pretzel here because I imagine you can get soft pretzels here. <laughs> this looks like the kind of place Sing. you could find soft pretzels. <laughs> that that's that's what the level's most known for is it soft pretzels. You also get um, a lot of windmills here, which is um, interesting because the the windmills. You kind of have a little bit of a an owl motif, even with the windmills. There's kind of like a feathery look to the roofs. Yeah, I love that. That's that was one of the things that stood out to me when I was playing them this morning. I I just love how all this architecture looks. Yeah, it, it's very unique, and, and um, you know, windmills I associate most with conquer. Just, <laughs> right, just, I mean, just, just because obviously there's a windmill that was one of the central locales in Bad Fur Day, but also Pocket Tales. It's just uh Right. And then you know, there are windmills and did even Kong. stuff like Twelve Tales. Yeah, yeah. Like windmills were always involved with the iconography of Conquer. But uh, you know, Diddy Kong Racing also had windmills um in Dragon Forest. So yeah, to, to see a windmill that looks visually distinct. Um, it, it's not something you see often. And so I, I really applaud their art direction here. Um, totally. also, like we, we talked about the goats on the, like grazing on the hills in the background, but I also like the little like owl statues that you see just like very subtly in the like backgrounds. You might not even like realize there are owl statues at first, but it just this idea that there is this like historical, presence of owls whether or not this was like a owl civilization or maybe the residents of autumn hypes even like revered the owls like um i don't know not worship them but you know like definitely um held them to a um some sort of like ideal like oh these are the the, the 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 noble creatures of the trees. I don't know. I've never I've I've never <laughs> built an owl statue, Dustin. I've never felt the the urge. 
Yeah, I, I don't think I have either. I, I'll let you know if I do, though. You're going to wake up, like, you're, you're going to come to at 4 a.m. with, like, a chisel in your hand. <laughs> and, and, like, a, a <gasps> I gotta make an owl! No, you're, you're, you're going to, like, come to, like, in the middle of it. And you're like, what have I been doing? <laughs> oh, <laughs> what happened? What, what made me subconsciously want to make this owl? I like that almost immediately you start scaling Autumn Heights because the, the next level is Mountain Mania. And weirdly, this is the first level in Tropical Freeze where you can ride Rambi. Rambi does not show up at all in Lost Mangroves, which seems odd considering, you know, it's the first world of the game. Why isn't the animal buddy there? But that's how much they, they downgraded Rambi's presence in Tropical Freeze. He doesn't even show up until the second world. Yeah, uh, but I like that he's here. I, I mean, love seeing my man Rambi. And it's, it's a great showcase for Rambi in that. It, yeah. Like true, true to a form in a retro game. This is a very crumbly, chaotic level because you're you're scaling the mountain and you're like there are all these um this is where i think we first see the um owl houses the like the giant bird houses that are like four four owls and they've got like the wings on the side like they're shaped <laughs> yeah like look owls. they even got little feet yeah yeah it's it's great um like little feet that that like they almost look like tree branches, but they're like they're just yeah. like on the rocks. But yeah, you 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 scale the the mountain with Rambi, and you like you're knocking over these um these like skinnier bird houses with the bells on them. Like, John- I like that. I like that you can just totally destroy them. Yeah, they, they and they're enormous bells. And if you look closely, they've got engravings of owls on them too. So it just raises. I mean, like, oh shit! Further questions, right? But what what's interesting about this level is that in the background, eventually, uh, a volcano goes off, and yeah, yeah, like there are volcanoes in temperate areas. They're often associated with like volcanic islands in the south pacific or whatever but uh you know mount st helens that blew up and uh right so i i i like this idea that yeah autumn heights is volcanic it's it's a volcanic island i mean it probably formed um much in the same way but yeah uh it starts uh erupting and then so many so many of the retro levels just erupt in a sheer cacophony of chaos. Like, like it's, it's, it's a slow yeah. escalation of stuff crumbling and blowing up. And it, it just like, they're, they're, I, I've, I've likened them to like Michael Bay movies where, you know, there, there's just so much going on. And it's, it's great. Like, I, I wish sometimes they would chill the hell out because a big part of Donkey Kong Country for me is, just the um, how atmospheric and um like um relaxing they can be right and and so to have like right. to have this constant barrage of like ludicrous action set pieces can be a bit overwhelming at times when you never get a break from that that's not to say i don't <laughs> like it or appreciate it but you know sometimes i just want 
Donkey Kong Country games to be able to breathe, too. Right. I mean, to be fair, I do think Autumn Heights ha- does have a lot of uh, that atmosphere in it, like, especially in one of the stages coming up. Oh, I just I just love the atmosphere. I'll, we'll get to it. Sure. But, uh, e- even like here, uh, this level starts out with just like a nice, calm little pumpkin patch. Yeah. Yeah. The, the pumpkin you, patch. You know what this, you know, you know what that pumpkin patch reminded me of is uh, I forget if it's Donkey Konga two or three, but three. in one of those just it, oh, it's in three. Yeah. yeah. It, it just reminded me of the background of that. That's just a pumpkin patch. <laughs> right. Right. The donkey, donkey. At, the t- at the time, it felt just kind of out of place with Donkey Kong. I was like, you made some weird choices, Donkey Konga 3. But uh, I like that uh, you can kind of retroactively tie it into a, a place like this. Yeah, Donkey Konga 3 is the one we never got in the West. And and so it's, it's kind of, even though obviously people have imported it and there's, you know... There, there's means to play it. It's it's almost like mythical in some of the legends that have sprung about, like this idea that Barnacle Bear, what was in Donkey Konga Three, was like the biggest urban legend for the for a while. Um, there's even like yeah, did it turn out to not be true? Uh, apparently, yeah. Apparently, it's not true. Like that the, sucks. The, yeah, yeah, it does. Like the um, there, there's even like barnacle bear art in the same almost cell shaded style of the artwork for, for the donkey konga series apparently that was a forgery yeah why would someone t- <laughs> that that's the most baffling thing in the world to me someone no. took the time to say you know what let's do barnacle bear and donkey konga style it's not baffling it's barnacling you're right. I'm sorry. I misspoke. The, <laughs> the weirdest thing about it is it's so good. Yeah. It's so well done. It's like it has to be real and then it's not. And so part of me is convinced it must still be real and just nobody's found them yet. <laughs> Somebody will find it sooner or later. He's hiding behind one of the pumpkins. He's like a skunk in Autumn Heights. He's just, <laughs> just out yeah, of just, sight. Just because you don't see him doesn't mean he's not there. You know what level I really like in Autumn Heights, though, Dustin? Which one do you like, Kyle? Um, I mean, it's all right. It's not my favorite, but I really like it. Horn Top Hop. <laughs> wow, way to, way to just kneecap it right away. Well, you know, I was like... <laughs> I, I mean, it's not my favorite or anything. I really like Horn Top Hop. I really, really yeah. love it. It's just, like, thinking about it, it's not my favorite, but I also really like it. It's a fun way to incorporate a unique um, gameplay mechanic in, in, a, in a singular yeah. level, but also tie it into the, the theming of, of the level, like the, the culture, if you want, of Autumn Heights. Yeah, um, totally. Having these big um, horns that the snowmads are blowing and like musical horns, right? And then the Kongs can ride the, um, I guess, uh, like sound, sound waves of them or whatever <laughs> blows them upwards. I don't know, but right. I, I, what I appreciate about this is this is like deeper into the forest too, but then you've got like these, um, like very ornate, like Central European horns. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a musician. I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not in, you know, playing in your local Oktoberfest, um, celebrations, but. Well, not yet. 
Not yeah. Maybe, maybe this will be my calling. Who knows? But yeah, yeah. And, and you use this as a platform to, you know, either scale like pits that were otherwise um, inaccessible, or to get up higher. You know, to get get up into the secrets. I, I I just appreciate when you you can like already. This is the second world, but we've got um like more complex mechanics, and it's like okay, I've got the fundamentals of the game now n- down. Now, so now the game is throwing me curveballs with how to, um, progress. And, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's unique and it's memorable. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, not, not to, uh, not to bring up, uh, Bright Savannah in a negative way, but I feel like with Bright Savannah, there's there's some levels that have some nice, unique themes in them. I, I mean, they all do, but I think some hit harder than others. Uh, but here, this is just such a like home run of an idea that uh, it, it works as a gameplay mechanic. But boy, you're not going to see this like anywhere else in the game, right? This is, it's, it's such a unique thing that could only be here and it just works perfectly. I think what I appreciate about this is it's very propulsive, right? It, it's, um, there's, there's this great feeling of getting flung into the air. Whereas, yeah, Bright Savannah has like, I, I think like two or three really strong levels. And then you get the ones with like the giant baobab trees. Dropping. That's the one I was thinking yeah, of. The yeah. one that's just kind of like, eh, and it's just like, eh, not a super strong. It it, do- it doesn't really do much. And I I think like Bright Savannah is the world that I would say arguably starts out the strongest, and so the come down it feels more pronounced. Whereas with Autumn Heights, right, it just keeps building on itself. Agreed, totally. Yeah. And I, I really love the visuals for this stage. I love those, like, uh, white trees with the red, uh, leaves. Dustin, just, you're, you're, uh, you're a tree totally guy. Love. You're, you're a tree guy. Um, I'm kind of a tree guy. Are, are these birch trees? Maybe. I don't, here's the thing. You say I'm a tree guy. This is like brand new news to me. I couldn't tell you what kind of tree this, these are. I just like that they look cool. I thought trees were your thing. Well, you you decided that. I'm going to say they're birch trees because they look like birch okay. trees. Google birch trees and you tell Don't me. Don't mind if I already did. I'm looking at birch trees. They look like them. They they have those uh white trunks. Yeah. Yeah. Um have you ever had birch soda? <laughs> Are they made from birch trees? So this this is Something that I, so I, my, my family is from Pennsylvania, right? And, uh-huh. um, so th- the only reason I know of, it's called birch beer. It's similar to root beer, but it's, it's made from, um, like extracts from, I think, birch tree bark. And. Right. This is very common in Pennsylvania, or at least the area of Pennsylvania my family was from. And, and so, like, growing up, like, my mom was like, ooh, birch beer. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and then, like, I moved, like, like, I, I stopped visiting my relatives in Pennsylvania when I became an adult. 
And, and it was just like, I've never thought about birch beer again, but I just thought about birch beer looking at these trees. It just, it just, it just all came rushing back to you. Here's the thing, Dustin. I hated birch beer. Hated it. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I was never a root beer guy, but I would take root beer over birch beer. Ew. Anyway. Sorry, apologies if you listen that to this. That was a good story. <laughs> apologies if you listen to this and you enjoy the, uh, the, the, the sweet, sticky, uh, goo that, co- that comes from the birch tree that, I don't know, pe- people eat drink as a refreshment. Uh, Sawmill Thrill. Sorry about your, your sweet, sticky goo. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love Sawmill Thrill, Heil. This Sawmill- is my favorite stage, I think, in the whole game. This is my favorite stage in Autumn Heights, and I think, I think Sawmill Thrill might be the most innovative, inventive, fun, visually stimulating minecart level in the entire Donkey Kong series. I think I would have to agree with you. So... Dustin, for those who don't recall, or for those who haven't even played Tropical Freeze yet, what are you doing? What are you doing if you haven't played Tropical Freeze yet? It's been out nine years. I don't, I don't know what to tell you, but <laughs> how? Like, describe Sawmill Thrill for the layperson. For for those who aren't familiar, because you know, minecart tracks. I think most people listening to this would be familiar with minecart tracks. What sets Sawmill Thrill? apart from the traditional minecart stage. So the thing about Sawmill Thrill is you go through a sawmill and it's very thrilling. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, it does start out as kind of a regular minecart stage. Uh, can, can I just say the opening to this stage where it's just, you know, it's kind of, st- it's kind of gloomy out, yeah. pretty cloudy. I love that so much. That's what I was talking about earlier when I was saying uh, there are some very atmospheric parts of this world. I just love hanging out there, like, even before the the ride gets going. Uh, but uh, then you hop onto a minecart, and you get fired uh, from a barrel into a sawmill, uh, and, and that already... Like, are there any other sawmills in... Any DKU games? I'm sure there are. There, are, maybe there's not. I mean, they're, they're, I can't think of any. They're they're sawing down the redwoods in Donkey Kong Country Three, but that's true. There are flower. That's mills. not really a mill, though. There are flower mills oh, in yeah. DKC Three, but a sawmill. I think that yeah, this this is a unique, but but plausible environment to encounter in a Donkey Kong game. So totally. I mean, especially here on uh, Autumn Heights. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it starts out, you're on a regular mine cart, uh, but then you switch over to a, a, a little log. It, it becomes a little log flume ride. Log Isn't flume. that fun? Yeah. I, I, I love how, because, you know, DKC2, DKC3, they evolved the mine cart formula where they didn't bring back mine carts. They had a roller coaster and then they had the toboggan, the runaway toboggan. And then Donkey Kong 64 mm-hmm. and Donkey Kong Country Returns and, and Tropical Freeze just, just say, ah, oh, mine carts. Mine carts are what people know. Let's just have mine carts, you know. But I, I like how this 
kind of does something a little bit different in it. It's not just a minecart. It's also, um, yeah, a log flume, just like you would ride at, yeah. you know, a, an amusement park. Yeah. Who needs Splash Mountain? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what's, what's cool about this is it, it does remind me of like the log flume rides for my youth. Like I, I never went to Disneyland or world, but it, there, there are like in all of the, the theme parks of my childhood, log flumes and they're always themed around um like a, a sawmill um just like you're you're riding like a runaway piece of timber that, that's that's been cut down <laughs> in in this sawmill and so the, i i like they made that oh it's 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 a literal log flume in a in a sawmill and the, then of course you go back into the mine cart at the end of the level and then that's where it just like the um the cacophony of the retro level design kicks in but it it's such an inventive way to do it that like even though i was like oh yeah mountain mania i wish they would just calm down occasionally uh, i'm glad <laughs> sawmill thrill never calmed down because this is the most clever fun frenetic way i've ever seen a minecart stage executed where the the saw is cutting the wood and it's making the track in front of you essentially right yeah it's awesome it's awesome i i just i can't i can't sing this level's praises enough i just i i love how in the middle of it like the storm is just fully kicked in it's raining on top of you just some really nice visuals it's it's such a wonderful blend of like both styles of Donkey Kong Country it's atmospheric and um it's not just oh here's a beautiful environment it's a, it's, a, it's a gloomy rainy foggy day right it but but you find the beauty even in the more like depressing and uh, in, in like um just like overcast it, like in real life, you would you would like walk out on a day like this and be like, "Ugh, I should have stayed in bed." But here, you really can appreciate. Oh my god, this is gorgeous, and it's gorgeous precisely because that's not what you normally see in a game like this. And exactly. And then you've also got just the the gradual ramp up of um, just like chaos uh, of like level design insanity, but. It's so clever and it's so frenetic. You're, you're like on your toes. Like this is this is where you're really just like your brain is trying to keep up with what's happening, and it's so much fun. It's so engaging. Yeah, in, in that last part of the level, uh, I, I really like how. Uh, so when you re-enter the mill. I like that it turns your uh the log you're riding in on into a new minecart. Uh <laughs> and and I love how the the stage is just uh so you see the stage being made in front of you but yeah. now you're seeing it get destroyed in front of you too. You're yeah. seeing like parts of the level are are flying up for you to ride on top of. Yeah. Uh it's it's great. It's just a lot of fun. I th I think this is this is one of Retro's top levels i don't know if i would say it's it's their best but out of both donkey country games they made this is definitely i in the top three for sure 
Yeah, it, it it's it's. I I said earlier it might be my favorite in the whole game. I think I would really need to sit down before I can make that claim and really go through every stage. But I I feel like it would at least be in my top three. Yeah. What I find wild about it is whenever I'm replaying Tropical Freeze, which I, I've done several times now, um, especially since mm-hmm. it got to the Switch and I can just play it handheld mode, like it's just. Yeah, oh, oh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna like, I want to move my fingers for a bit. What am I gonna do? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna grab my switch and oh, I'll play Tropical Freeze. Sure. I always forget about Sawmill Thrill somehow. Whenever I get to Autumn Heights, I'm, I'm never thinking, oh, Sawmill Thrill is coming up. But then I get to Sawmill Thrill, I'm like, oh my god, Sawmill Thrill. I don't know if it's because it's so atypical to what like the rest of the world is like it, it fits in perfectly i'm not saying it's like wrong to exist like it, it it feels like a natural part of it but it also just feels so apart from everything else in, in a very good way but i never remember it exists until i'm sitting down to play it and then i'm delighted and then i'm like oh my god this is the best thing ever well you know what i think part of it might be uh so when I was playing it earlier today, I noticed there's really nothing indicating this stage on the map for the world. Maybe, you know, like yeah. s- for a lot of the, for a lot of the other levels, you'll have like the hot air balloons you'll see, you'll see the big horns uh-huh. on the stage, but they're like, you don't see the sawmill, you don't see like the big uh, beaver dam or anything. Uh, it, it, it's on the map screen. It's just like a, a patch of grass. <laughs> there really is nothing for this stage. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. It always takes me off guard, and and then I'm like, oh my god, I I can't believe I wasn't anticipating this. I can't believe that <laughs> it, it always surprises me, but it's always just the best surprise. And and yeah, like I I I think just visually and and from a gameplay perspective, it's it's one of Retro's absolute masterpieces. Totally agreed. And I, I love what you said earlier, uh, equating it to like a theme park ride. It, it really is. It, it really does just, uh, feel like a, a nonstop, uh, little water roller coaster. But e- everything uh, is like yeah. thought out as far as like existing within the world, uh, like of Donkey Kong. Like, and that's something that Retro like carried the torch that Rare, uh, first lit where, there, there is logic to everything that happens in a Donkey Kong Country level. There's no just like obstacle course for the sake of an obstacle course. Like there is an in-universe reason all this stuff exists. No matter how implausible or flimsy it is, it's still there. That logic is still built in. So I, I, yeah, I appreciate you know, that. I, I think thinking about it, I think that might be one of, if not the biggest reason. I love the DKC series so much, like more than like a Mario yeah. side scroller. I I love that it just feels like a, a world. It's never just like, oh, we're gonna throw you into this level, who cares? Just just do it. Who cares how it fits in? Every, everything about it is just so well well thought out. It's it's great. And that's that's what I like for for as much as we quibble about some of Retro's decisions compared to Rare, you know. It's what we're going to do, but it's why I think fundamentally they got, they understood what made Donkey Kong Country Donkey Kong Country and not just Super Mario Brothers or Sonic the Hedgehog or what have you, is that, 
yeah, the the world of Donkey Kong Country is the real world. It's it's our world, just slightly askew, slightly elevated, slightly heightened. You know, um, it it's it's a little bit more bombastic and silly, but everything has a purpose and a place, and it feels like a place you could actually inhabit and visit and live in, and whatever like video game mechanics obstacles come about it just uh, incidental to the like functioning environment exactly yeah also it has ducks in it it has ducks and and i i bring this up every bit every time i talk about sawmill thrill but are they supposed to look like the ducks from duck hunt I mean, they do look like the ducks from Duck Hunt. I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if it's like supposed to be like this, like an homage to Duck Hunt. It, they might just be like, you know, how ducks look. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I don't, yeah. I, <laughs> right. But you know, there's nothing saying it can't be a little uh, reference to Duck Hunt either. It, it feels like the kind of reference they would make, considering they would reference all yeah, these exactly uh, all these Nintendo series that aren't Donkey Kong in their Duck Hunt Country games. <laughs> yeah, that that's true. Y- you know, Duck Hunt gets to get reference. They couldn't but even you reference. Can't have a, yeah, you can't have like Winky the Frogger on guard the swordfish. You can't even reference puffed up correctly. <laughs> Come on, you were one f off. So, for, from Sawmill Thrill, this is where, like, I think Sawmill Thrill is the dividing line where, even though we were like at, um, elevating a little bit in uh, Mountain Mania, after Sawmill Thrill, this is really where we start climbing. Uh, the the island. This is where it really starts becoming all mountainous, treacherous terrain, and it becomes yeah. kind of this perilous, like vertical scaling. Yeah, I I I really like how uh, this world does have floating platforms, but they're held up by these balloons. They, there's a logic to them, Kyle. Hot air balloons. So many hot air yeah. balloons. Alpine incline is, which it's great, great. That that's ter- like if you can't use alliteration, at least have them rhyme. And so, uh, Alpine yeah. incline, great name, great level. This this is the level, Dawson. I always associate with the Dixie Kong reveal when we first learned that Dixie Kong right. was going to be in Tropical Freeze when Satoru Iwata was doing the voiceover. This this is where like we we were like halfway or or like more than halfway like two-thirds into the trailer and like it looked like a really like cool update like donkey country returns but with better graphics and and some new features and new baddies and and you know the the little the little petty part in your brain was like they didn't bring back the kremlins Uh, um like i'm excited i'm really excited but dot 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 and then all of a sudden you see alpine incline you see the beginning of the level and gorgeous he like it, it it takes you in almost immediately but then all of a sudden dixie kong wafts down behind donkey kong and iwata says and dixie kong is back as a playable character and you're just all, oh. all of a sudden you don't give a damn about anything else because 
Dixie Kong is back, which in 2013 <laughs> was a huge deal. Playable Dixie yeah. Kong in Tropical Freeze. Um, How long had it been since the last Dixie Kong uh, playable appearance before this? Like, not counting, like, Mario sports games. Yeah, not not counting, like, spinoffs or anything. Or or the, the Donkey Kong Country 3 Game Boy Advance remake. Yeah, it, it had been Donkey Kong Land 3. 1997 so geez that's a long time and i remember like the debates on the dk vine forum when returns came out in 2010 about how we would probably never see dixie kong again because because it was just donkey and diddy that was going to be the thing you know and and so there's all this like legitimate debate about and it wasn't just like panic donkey kong fan fear-mongering like scarred from the buyout era and, and still not over the perceived slights towards the rares creations. And there, there was like legitimate, I, I think worthwhile discourse to be had is, you know, does Dixie Kong have a place in the Donkey Kong series going forward? And, um, this put that to bed finally. Like, yeah, of course she does. Um, uh, yeah. she's a great character and she can do other things that, Dick, that Diddy Kong can't. So. Why not? It it reinforces her as part of the main group of Kongs. Like, right. it, it's DK, Diddy, Dixie, Cranky. Like, it, it would be weird not to have her now. And, uh, you know, this is before we knew Cranky Kong was going to be playable in the game, so... Yeah. And and b- before we knew that Funky Kong was going to be, um, initially, you know, uh, NPC in Tropical Freeze, and then, of course, he had a much more prominent role in the Switch port, but... Yeah, like, now we have, like, the Tropical Freeze 5 is is what we... Like, the Kongs, we never really have to worry about again. Uh, they're, they're always going to be kicking around in some form or fashion. And, yeah, I, I just love that Dixie Kong's grand return uh, was with Alpine Incline because it does feel very much like uh, Donkey Kong Country 3 stage in spirit and tone. Totally. And so whenever I talk about Autumn Heights and it evoking the Northern Hemisphere... Dixie Kong plays a big part in that and, you know, making those mental connections. Part of that is the Tropical Freeze reveal trailer. But Alpine Incline itself, this, this is a really, um, I, I really enjoy this stage. Like I, like I said, Autumn Heights never really lets up. It, it never, like, aside from maybe the, um, like hidden stages, the, um, the the cavern stages which uh, yeah they're, they're they're fun not my but, favorites <laughs> they're fun but like just just like the actual progression from like the the six main stages into the boss level that that is just some of the the like the cleanest like it keeps getting better um like string of levels in, in the game I, I would say that and Juicy yeah, Jungle because Juicy they're Ju- so good. Juicy Jungle is also telling a story here, but what, what? Yeah, like you said, Alpine Incline. What I really like about this is it's all floating platforms, but it's all within the logic of the universe. You don't just have pl- platforms floating because video game mechanics. They're all hot yeah. air balloons, or you know, implausibly, you've got flying penguins that you can bounce off of um, in, in the Snowman <laughs> Army. But, you know, it, it's 
it's just you're 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 scaling the the mountain. You're getting higher and higher thanks to hot air balloons, and you've got that disorienting feeling of I'm probably too high for safety. Like this this is getting a little dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, um, I I really like the part where uh, you have to pop one of the balloons yep. and send it flying upward. Yep, yep, it's it it's it's wonderful, and I, I really like how you know it almost becomes eerie the f- higher up you get, and you're like looking at the all the carved owls in the mountainside, and they're they're like the, the mountain is all like gnarled looking. It looks almost like something um, out of a fantasy movie or something. Like it it. it it's still keeping within the natural aesthetics of Donkey Kong Country, but it's it's kind of ethereal. It's kind of otherworldly. You're you're kind of yeah, like they they don't even 100 percent look like owls. You just see like a lot of the like holes in the sides that are like owl eyes, but they it, it, they don't really look like they're fully formed owls. It's it's very weird. And don't get me wrong, Dustin. I love me a good owl. I'm I I'm not especially when it's fully formed. I'm I'm not like uh laying down some anti-owl agenda here, but there there's something kind of creepy about owls if you think about it. <laughs> no, no, like they they are nocturnal predators. You sometimes hear them and maybe this is me being like a a hiker, you know, a a, a gentleman of the woods. I We'll often hear owls, but I'll never see them. I'll, I'll hear them hooting. Oh, that's scary. And there, so there's just this something like I'm being watched by this bird. <laughs> <You> know, <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> it can see me, but I can't see it. And what is it thinking about me right now? And, and so <laughs> I, I think incorporating that into the environment, into the mountainside, where these like eye holes, like the, these owl eyes that are carved into the mount are just watching you. It, it really does make you feel like you're on their turf and something is going to go horribly wrong for you if you keep on this path. <laughs> and I mean, it's building up to the boss fight, right? Like, like right. in the best possible way, like it's telling a story, communicating to you, the player that you, like you're heading into danger you the if you keep progressing uh you're going to be going into an owl's lair maybe you should turn off the game right now if you know what's good for you we're warning you we're we're not liable for what could happen to you <laughs> so yeah alpine incline i i love this level i just love the way it looks i i love i it's 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 just I I can't even find the words, Dustin. I'm so inarticulate right now. I'm just I'm just a clumsy oaf when I try to express how much it, it I. It makes love this. you. It leaves you speechless. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it it takes us right into wing ding, wing ding. <laughs> that one that one's name is maybe not quite as good. Yeah. You never hear people speaking ill of Wingding. Wingding is a beloved level, but I have to say the name. I I was I was like, when you can't have alliteration, at least have a rhyme. Alpine Incline at least has the. That's a clever rhyme, and it has the tenor of alliteration, like Alpine Incline. 
It's not yeah. quite alliteration, but it's close enough because you're using the vowels, right? But wingding, it just sounds like a really shitty, like, uh, chicken joint. <laughs> Welcome to wingding. What can we get for you? Like, I, I'm speaking as a vegan, right? As somebody who hasn't, like, eaten chicken in, uh, something like 22 years. But it, it seems like the kind of place you would go to and you would always get food poisoning from. <laughs> yeah basically yeah. get get our get our enormous gorilla sized wingding bowl yeah and it, it's like it, it's the cheap place that all of the like college bros go to because they they have cheap <laughs> yeah beer. i i spent my paycheck already i i can't get anything fancy let's just go to wingding let's just go to wingding and and get uh some beer and let's get the big bucket of wings and inevitably, <laughs> just, just every, eat out of it like a trough. Everybody's gonna get violent diarrhea that night. <laughs> but you know, you know, going in, you're like, well, I made the choice. I know what to expect later. Enough about uh, rectal explosions, though. I want to talk about the level itself. So this is sort of um, uh, a zipline stage. Um, well, one of those where you're, like, going from, like, vine to vine, and you're, you know, how to describe it, Dustin? Help me out here. Be my words. Um, you're sliding down the vines, avoiding the owls that are on fire. Or the, the well, some are on fire, some have, like, the blue fire. Which, which is, is, yeah. is, are there, are those cold hoots? Are they like, <laughs> is, is it, is yeah, it that famous cold fire? Well, it's like, um, like the frosty, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's magic Viking fire that's cold. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, I'm sold. You just have to tell me it's magic and I'm on board. So this is the, like highest parts of the island, and this is where we see the most uh, um, owl houses, the the bird houses with the uh, aforementioned wings and the little talons um, for for the bases, and they're they're everywhere right. here. And you're you're basically in the hoots domain here, like you you are in yeah. owl country now, Donkey Kong. This isn't Donkey Kong country. This is. <laughs> Scary. This ain't Gorilla Town anymore. Scary nocturnal bird country. I'll peck your eyes out. <laughs> but it's it's a very kinetic stage where yeah you're 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 going down the the vines, avoiding the owls, knocking over birdhouses, and uh, I, I a lot of people cite this as their favorite track from the game, their favorite David Wise song from the game. Well, it's interesting because this track is also used uh, for the ending of the game, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it, it might have been uh, someone else's favorite track, too. <laughs> Although I think Dave Wise has said that his favorite is... Uh, oh, my God. The name is not coming to me. It's one of the ones in World 6. Uh, anyway, he didn't say this one. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting choice to use to just bring back... Yeah. Now, the, I'm going to bring up the concept art again, because the, the concept art 
actually incorporates what looks to be Viking architecture um, in Wingding. More, more than just the, like, centralized hoots and, and owl aesthetics. Like, it, it's more, like, broad, snowmad um, sculptures and, and, like, wood carvings and, and what have you. So I, I'm wondering if, if the intention is there in plain sight in the concept art where this is a snowmad encampment that, uh, like, Hoots in particular were in charge of. Um, again, we can't say that the concept art is 100% or 103% go back to DKC3, uh, canonical, but I think it can help us inform our impressions of what the canon actually is. What, like, what the, yeah. what the kernel of intention was before, um, fully popping in the final game. So, um, but yeah. I, I keep I, thinking these, these wooden sculptures look like screaming dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Vikings rode dinosaurs. It, I, I, it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> they they find them frozen in ice and they thaw them out and they ride them around. Yeah, you know, we it, it's like the skunks. We just didn't see them. I also like, one other thing I'll say about Wingding is I like how it seems to take place at sunset. So you've got the, yeah. like, it, it's, it's a similar aesthetic to Alpine Incline, but the sun's going down. So you've got the kind of, um, like, amber color in the clouds. In, in like the fog, or I, I guess it would be clouds yeah. if you're so high up on the island that you're just in the clouds. But um, yeah, it, it's it's just this this very gorgeous hue that's that's just highlighting everything, and it really blends in well with the color of the owl houses. So everything is just this like orange and pink aesthetic. Very pretty. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it it it's just another thing, uh it just another way to keep that visual variety just all throughout the world. This this is I think as close as retro would would get cuz of course rare was very limited in what they could do on the Super Nintendo. So right. there was a lot of like trickery of of like making you think the game was like the the environments were more robust than they actually were. And, and what they would do is they would take a specific archetype, specific like level background, and they would change the color. Like they would reuse it uh, on average, maybe three times. Like it would be used three times throughout the game, but they would change the background color. They changed the tint. And, yeah. and so like, oh, you have a, a swamp background. Well, here is going to be green. Here is going to be brown. Here is going to be purple. Um, but it would feel different each time. So this this kind of feels similar to Alpine Incline because you still got the the scary like owl mountain background, but it's the 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 hue is different. Yeah, obviously, like the 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 environment, the background is different, like because they don't have to have just the same repeating scrolling background as the Super Nintendo games had to have. But I think this is as close as you get to like the rare style of tricking your kid brain into thinking like they they were doing far more impressive background level designs than they were capable of at the time yeah uh, i gotta say i do like wing ding but i feel like 
it just just compared with the other levels in this world, it's maybe like a half a pinch below the other ones. That's, um, that's controversial. I like it. Take, I like a lot. People, people, people will fight you with their love for Wingding. People have fought me with their love for Wingding. But, <laughs> just, uh, just in route to you recording this, you got punched in the back of the skull. Yeah, I, I <laughs> jeez, I guess I deserve it. Yeah, I, you were like, there's, uh, there's somebody who was like, hey, you're that guy who thinks Wingding is slightly less than Alpine Incline, and they just <laughs> let you have it. Get him, break his legs, you don't were, let him get away. You were two minutes late to recording this because you were rendered <laughs> unconscious, and you had to pull yourself up out of the gutter. And get yeah, to- I was all disheveled. Uh, my my coat was lopsided. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, I I do like it. Just like if if the competition is like sawmill thrill, uh-huh. uh, windmill hills, uh, it it it's it's good. But I just put it a a little depth. I I don't think it's like. Just being over the theme by this point. I th- I think it's just I I've seen like these birdhouses. I've seen these mountains. It, it's getting a little been. I don't want to say been there, done that because it is different. But you know, I'm seeing stuff that I've seen before, and I'm seeing it in a new way. But yeah, and I I don't even know why I'm bringing it up because it is still a great stage. What I like about it, what what I like about the gameplay is that I feel like this is so much more fun than Zipline Shrine, the 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 Zipline style oh, totally. level and Lost Mangroves. This feels like it would be if there was a 2D Batman side scroller. Um, I feel like this is what Batman <laughs> would do. Yeah, he'd he'd spin around to ring the bells. <laughs> well, no, but you know, Batman. Uses grapple right, hooks lines. and zip lines, yeah. and you know it, it. It feels very kinetic in a sort of like Batman Arkham series kind of way, where you're just like, yeah, you're knocking shit over with your feet, and you're, you know, I, I don't know, like it's very, very Batman. It, it's as close as Donkey Kong comes to Batman style gameplay, and I appreciate that because Batman also fights owls. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Court of Owls. Anyway, so. uh there are two other, um, well, three other, but, but two other, like, levels with the Autumn Heights theming in Autumn Heights, but they go inside the mountain. They are the, the two cavern stages that are, like, the kind of bonus alternate paths you can unlock by, by finding the, um, Donkey Land style portals. And, they are Crumble Cavern and Rodent Ruckus. Rodent Ruckus. How, what do you think about the That's name? That's a good name. Rod- okay, you do like Rodent Ruckus. Okay. <laughs> Rodent Ruckus. Anything that uses the word Ruckus, I think, is good. Ruckus is is, is fun. Ruckus. Um, rumpus is also a fun word. <laughs> rumpus. See, now they need to get that in a stage name. Crumble Cavern is just the... Wait, isn't there one? Ropey Rumpus? Yeah. Oh my goodness, I forgot. Well, they're set. They win the award for best video game. Crumble Cavern is... It's a cavern stage. We don't have many of them in Tropical Freeze. 
Yeah. Um, I, I think this is maybe my least favorite level in this world just because I've seen caves before. This isn't like doing that much for me. And when the rest of this world is so unique, getting a stave that's just kind of like a cave, which is we got a whole world of that in returns. And not to say it's bad and it still looks very nice for a cave level. I, I just feel like I'd rather be out there in the mountains in, in the, in the wild grassy plains. Uh, but I like rodent ruckus. Uh, that one has a little more, uh, uniqueness in its visuals. Now they, they both incorporate giant piles of cheese. Yeah, I I think Rodent Ruckus, maybe that's what gives it the edge here for me, is that cheese kind of plays into it more. You know, you have cheese falling from the ceiling, you have the big wheels of cheeses. Yeah, Here, the cheese is just in the background for (laughs) part of it, which which is fine. That's still, like, that's still some environmental storytelling showing, like, oh, here's where those stupid, dumb rats keep their cheese. Uh... But boy, rodent ruckus, you get way more cheese. This is what makes the Chesters so cheesy. Wow. You know what? I I didn't realize why they were so cheesy before. But now that I'm seeing these gigantic cheeses, now now it makes sense. Now, the the thing is this is this is like the, most of this cheese is tinted yellow. Right. Goat cheese is typically white. So I don't think this is the delicious uh, curdled nectar from those goat's teats that we were talking about uh, earlier in the episode. Um, but okay. we haven't seen cows in, in, in Autumn Heights. Now, this cheese doesn't have to be necessarily made in Autumn Heights. It could be imported from elsewhere in the Rare Archipelago. But... Man, the, the, the cheesy chesters sure do hoard it here. Now, now, Crum- Crumble Cavern is just a, a cave, basically. There's a little bit more. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I don't know how it, it's just, it's just a drippy, drippy cave that's crumbly. Yeah. No, that's exactly what I was saying. That, that's just, it's a fine stage. It just doesn't really wow me. Yeah. And I think maybe it's because retro just overkilled caverns with returns so like even though they like had less of them in tropical freeze it was like you know you could have just not had caves at all in this game and like aside yeah. from that the, like the one necessary one on frozen Donkong island when we're repeating like all the worlds from returns with you know one level at a time in the final world like then you need a cave for sure but Maybe we didn't really need it here, but okay, whatever. Like, I still like that we went inside the mountain, but Rodent Ruckus, there's a lot more happening visually where this is like the primary cheese store, but it's also got almost like this temple architecture. Yeah, it 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 does kind of remind me of uh, just the temple stages we have in this game. Maybe it used to be one. Well, you even like even though these um, these two levels are so heavily associated with the cheesy Chester's because they are primary antagonists in these levels, and if, you know especially Rodent Ruckus, it's in the name, but you know the the cheesy Chester's will like s- swing down on ropes and like get get in your way because you're on the rocket barrel in this level, and then of course there's the the giant wheel of cheese, and but if you look closely, you can also see. 
on on the walls these what looks to me to be owl sculptures. So yeah. so even in inside this cheese store, we have this suggestion that like the the owls are even like responsible for th- this um I, I don't know, Great Cheese Temple. <laughs> I, I I don't know, like <laughs> <laughs> the Great Cheese Temple. Yeah. So interesting that like if if this is like a a snowmad outpost like that this is how far back it goes and um they they're always like well if we ever need cheese we know where to, where we can go we like yeah, this we'll, is our we'll cheese we'll let order. you rats we'll let you rats run your little cheese store here but you know you're going to give us a cut every now and again when we come to town they yeah they will uh cut the cheese for them I like that they're all like big cheese blocks too. It's not just like little packs of Velveeta. Big cheese blocks, big cheese wheels. Yeah. Yeah. They go big with their cheese. And, and yeah, it's, it's just like the great ludicrous escalation where eventually, of course, there's an enormous cheese wheel that you then have to stay in the, the, the wedge of or else you blow up. Um, it just that kind of <laughs> like, escalating childlike logic that's still rooted within the fundamental reality of the level as is presented it's what makes i think retro's two Duncan country games so great it, it stays to the like philosophy of what rare laid down but it just takes it to the absurd extreme that you could take it without breaking it yeah they're they're able to uh make it their own yeah it, it's still a cartoon. Kyle, I, 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 have, I have to apologize for that cut the cheese joke I made earlier. We're better than that here. I I'm ignored sorry. it. I'm sorry. D- Dustin, <laughs> I, I ignored it not because I didn't hear it or because um, <laughs> I, I, I tune you out or anything. I, I ignored it because it was bad. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I just felt like. <laughs> I felt bad about it. No, and you and you should have. And I'm, but I'm glad you. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you recognize it because it shows true growth on your part. Yeah, per, I, this podcast really brings the best out of me, and and the worst apparently. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there there is the um standard snowmad temple, um the the K temple or Key temple that you can unlock. Um, which, you know, doesn't yeah. really play into Autumn Heights as far as, like, telling a story about the broader world, but we should make reference to it. Bopopolis, which is, talk about it, it's fun. It's a great name. Talk about fun names. Bopopolis. Yeah. Uh, which is, like, the gimmick of Bopopolis is you're bopping. You're bopping on baddies' heads, and, and you can just keep a, a successive string of combos going. Um... It, it just really. Oh, I'm bopping. Yeah, it really indulges itself, and I, I think Bopopolis might be my favorite of the the key temples in Tropical Freeze. It's it's definitely I, I, for me. It's the most memorable. I don't know what my favorite is. I I I it's it's the one stage I didn't play when I was going through the world again earlier. Uh, just because, yeah, it really doesn't tie into the theme that well, or at all. Just, just, uh, just like you know, the, on purpose. It's just yeah. one of the temples. Just, just like the the Tiki Tech Tribe theme temples, uh, key temples, and returns. Like they're all 
visually the same. They're they're all yeah. They're all their own theme. Yeah, yeah, and um, th- that's fine. But it doesn't really play into the the world it's located in. So exactly. But like you said, hell of a name. Hell of a name, and I I really think it's a it's a fun gimmick. And um, yeah, like the, the, they are the most brutal stages in the retro games. But um, when, once you really get the hang of it, it can be fun to um. To just, like, you you see yourself gradually getting better. Like, oh, no, I died right away. Oh, I got a little bit further. I got a little bit further. I got a little yeah. bit further. You, you you can really get into the flow of uh, jumping on these enemies. It's the kind of level I would hate streaming, but I really like playing by myself. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And finally, we have the boss, the the boss of Autumn Heights, and it takes us up to the tippy top, the tip, the tip of the mountain, the top of the island, mountaintop tussle. I I love the the visuals for this. Like even just from the beginning, it's you are you're above the clouds at this point. You're at the point where the mountain peaks above the clouds into the stars. Right. So Autumn Heights, the map screen, the portrayal of it on the map screen doesn't suggest it's as high as it actually is because the way it's portrayed on the map screen is all beneath the clouds. It's all kind of it, it looks kind of squat, right? But right. If we're to take the logic of the levels, yeah, Autumn Heights goes into the clouds up into like it's it's one of the most enormous islands in the rare archipelago um like potentially even taller than donkey kong island i guess if it goes this far up oh yeah i'd, I'd say dk island probably is close to this what 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 it like autumn heights is probably more narrow it it, it like maybe yeah. has greater elevation but it's far more narrow where donkey kong island is far more wider and expansive doesn't go quite as high but yeah um and and yeah this is they like what what i do like is the uh giant owl at the top of the mountain that you see on the map screen is uh where this boss fight takes place yeah uh Sometimes people will uh, say they think the bosses in Tropical Freeze go on a little long. I feel like this is the one that comes to mind for whenever someone says that. It, it Well, I don't know. It, it really isn't that long, but it, something about it makes it feel longer than it is. I think it's because you continue... Like, you're you're at the top. You're, you're in the mountain den of Scowl. Scowl, yeah. the, the, who is the big Hoots boss... Scowl the owl. Scowl. Well, yes. I mean, that's. <laughs> Do I really need to explain it? But yes. Um. Um. It's just fun to say. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um. What. What was his uh little um, like rhymy title? Because all the bosses in Tropical Freeze have that sort of um, that that extra title. Oh, Scowl the Startling. That that was it. That's fun. Yeah, I ne- I never include Scowl the startling. I never include that. Like everybody's like, no, their their proper name is um, <laughs> Scowl the startling, and, and what Pompey the presumptuous. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad. I was thinking of the other scowl. I'm glad you clarified which scowl this is. <laughs> I don't know. I, I always think that's just a bit. Um, 
it's a bit too grandiose. It's like, no, it's it's Pompey. It's it's Scal. I don't need to include their little made up title to make themselves <laughs> feel better. Uh yes, yeah, Sc- <laughs> Scal though, uh great design. I I love Yeah, totally. I love how like in true Donkey Kong country fashion, they they took like um a regular like standard stock baddie and they magnified it to be the boss but um you know obviously you know rare got better at it as time went but you know very naughty is a shit boss because they just took they they just took <laughs> the regular naughty beaver and they made it's, it bigger. it's naughty but big yeah and then they they got better because then you had crow who you know he, he he was a a giant necky, but he had a pirate hat, so different. <laughs> yeah, um, that makes him a character at least. That's yeah. all it takes. But then you know you had like Barbas. She she was um a, a giant lurchin, but she looked like she she had her own design to her, and uh, yeah, and, exactly. And Scal has his own design to him that sets him apart from other hoots. He's he's more ornate. I, li- I like how Scowl has like um, deer antlers or something coming out of his hat, his helmet, his hat. Well, <laughs> yeah, know, like, he's, he's, no, I, I like mean, it too. A, a helmet is a hat that's hard, uh, but it, it's like <laughs> that's true. You are technically right. He, he, yeah, he's got like these big um, antlers, which is such a weird affectation for an owl to have. Like, I need to make myself more intimidating. I'm going to have, like... Big spiky antlers. The ripped out antlers of probably a deer I went to town on. I just swooped down in the middle of the night and I gnawed on its flesh until it was nothing but bone. And then I ripped those antlers out of its skull and I put them in my helmet. And I said, this is what I'll do to you. (laughs) I feel like that's not very cool of him to have done. Which makes me wonder, you know, we talked about indigenous wildlife. We we never see any deer and any, um, any deer whatsoever, be they reindeer or just your, your run of the mill deer, uh, your, your dry deer. We never see them in autumn Heights, but if scowl or maybe this is a moose, I know it's not a moose. It's not a moose antler, definitely not a moose antler, but yeah, if, if scowl has this in his helmet, maybe there are deer. Or, or some sort of antlered <laughs> or Well, there were deer. Well, there was at least one. Not so much anymore. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was one at one point. Yeah, like maybe they're as unseen as the skunk, but still still there. Still still present. Yeah, they don't want to be seen without their horns on. The, the, the scowl fight is, yeah, there's so many parts to it. There's, I want three phases to it. Where you you start yeah, out, which which to be fair, all the bosses have three phases, but just something about this one felt like you really feel it. Well, I think it's because like the Pompey fight, the Baboom fight, um, the Fugu fight, um, the the Bashmaster fight, they all take place in the same arena. They all take place in the same environment, and it's it's not changing. Whereas the Scowl fight. All three phases take place in a new environment. You start off in the the mountain layer of Scowl, right? And, and he's like, right, do, doing this thing where he's like throwing his quills at you, and then from there you go into the next fight on the top 
of of the um owl head where you know you got the tree growing out of it and then he's got the like the other hoots coming in and he's blowing the wind and doing all this stuff and i'm describing this fight really poorly i realized dustin (laughs) he like does this thing with the eggs and then another thing happens i'm not a game designer i can't talk to you in these very (laughs) technical terms this big owl he's got he's got blowing wind and he's got like birds wearing egg hats and i i don't know it's a whole thing (laughs) but but then sold the the third phase you're up in the f- damn sky the the you you're just up like in in the night sky and you've got um like the the hoots wearing um like the um, ahistorical like viking helmets that aren't like actual what vikings wore like they they never had horned helmets but okay um the snowmads are (laughs) snowmads are basically just play acting as vikings they're not actually like real vikings they're just like we could be vikings anyway so you've got them swooping in at you and you've got to evade them they're like dive bombing you and you know scowls directing them but because those three phases of the fight are like they each have their own environment. They each have their own thing going on. I think this does feel like one of the longest fights, aside from Lord Frederick, in the game. Because it feels like three separate boss fights, like, stitched into one. I, I think that's definitely a part of it. That's a big reason. But I think another part of it is, this is not an easy fight. This is a pretty, like, I feel like his attack patterns are pretty, uh... You know, once you get them down, it, it's fine, but, uh, you know, like, some of them are hard to avoid, especially the one when he, like, zips across the stage and you need to roll into the barrel off stage to blast you back on. Yeah. Uh, it, it It's pretty easy to lose this fight. You might be doing it multiple times. I feel like both of those combined makes it feel uh, maybe longer than it really is. It's a wild escalation for this to be the second boss battle in the game yeah (laughs) yeah this is this almost feels like it could be the final boss in a lot of games oh definitely like this is this is i would say almost as challenging as like the gangplank galleon fight in dog kill country I'd say so, but to be fair, that fight's not really all that challenging once you get K. Rule's attacks down. But this is basically the same thing. Just memorize what he's going to do, where he's going to be. Uh, yeah, I think I'd agree with uh, that. I mean, that's that's basically every boss fight ever. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it just shows how... Like, Retro was not holding back. Like, Tropical Freeze basically picks up difficulty wise pretty quickly and, and it's just basically like oh yeah you beat donkey country returns all right well we're just gonna get harder from there and um i i do appreciate <laughs> like how i th- I think the games are a little bit too hard maybe for a lot of people like a lot of kids just like couldn't progress even in donkey country returns because it just was was too much um, like they weren't expecting it right. to be that brutal of a challenge, but I, I like that the Donko Country games are so hard. Um, I like that they're like, advanced yeah, platforming. I, I mean, yeah, I think it, uh, fills a niche. Like you have all these 2D platformers, but, uh, 
I feel like with Nintendo, you can kind of uh, divide them out by like, so Kirby games are the easiest ones. Uh, and then Mario's kind of in the middle. You know, they step it up a little from Kirby, but it's not, it, it's manageable. And then DK is for the more uh, hardcore 2D platformers. That It's great that it has that space it can fill. Yeah. Just the shame that the demand for the hardcore platformers isn't as much as it is for Kirby. Yeah, then maybe maybe we have 20 DK games on the Switch like Kirby does. Oh, I just want to have what Kirby has. <laughs> I don't even need to have what Kirby has. I just <laughs> want, you know, the, the reliability of Kirby. I don't need as many games as Kirby gets. I just, I just want to know, like... Right, yeah, Kirby's never in any danger of having a dry spell. Like, maybe, maybe once every three years. That's all I want. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's fair. Dustin, Dustin, Dustin. As great as hello, Heil, Heil, Heil. As great as has been talking to you about Autumn Heights, we have some calls. Other people wanted to yeah, talk no, to I us get about Autumn Heights, and um, the, the first the first call is is part of a series of two calls. So we're gonna play those back to back, and then we're gonna we're gonna talk about it, and then we're gonna play the other calls and talk about those. And um, I, I have I have one further point I want to make about Autumn Heights, and then that'll be the end. Of I'd the love episode. to hear it. That'll be the end. Of the, we'll, we'll end it there. Cool, cool. I'm I'm looking forward to that final point. Yeah, we we need to end this before it gets too close to winter. <laughs> winter heights that's that's world six we're not ready to talk about that that's just donkey kong island we can't do a destination dku that's about true. that and we have to break it down further all right let's play our first two calls Kyle, dustin it's so great to hear from you on this lovely podcast today i don't know if you did something new with your hair or your face but you both look just amazing the radiating energy. When I saw the topic of this episode, Heil, I gotta admit, my eyes bugged out of my skull as if I was one of the Kongs in this game who saw Scowl smashing one of their bananas, but in a good way. I was not appalled. I was delighted because I love Retro's games. So we're talking about one of, if not the best world in one of their games, and all their games, really. Autumn Heights, I love your guys' juicy jungle episode. Uh, I'm sure you both are devastated that Professor Chops uh, is not as prevalent in this world, but um, I was, I'm really happy that you guys are, are tackling this one. I, I didn't think you were going to tackle it so soon after Juicy Jungle, but um, I'm just going to lay it on the line. I think this is probably the best world in... Any Donkey Kong game, aside from maybe Frozen Donkey Kong Island. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think every level in uh, Autumn Heights is such a banger. Um, I mean, I don't have time to go through all of them. But, like, can we just talk about how, like, just gorgeous and varied every level looks? Um, can we talk about how even though, yeah, sadly, Retro didn't use the animal bunnies as much, uh, Rambi's level, Mountain Mania, is so great, and you really feel the power 
of um, Randy. It's just a you know, great set piece. Windville Hills is theme. I mean, David Wise making a good song. I mean, it, you know, the the grass is green, water is is wet. You know, like it's it's obvious, but man, it's so good. And the Sawmill Thrill and the Rodent Ruckus, the Rocket Barrel and Minecart levels, like those are so good. And even even the Temple levels, while unfortunately it, it looks similar, Bathopolis is such an I love that stage. I love the rhythm of it. I love, I love the uh, DK Allen Swin remix that David Wise did. And even um, the boss, Scowl, I think it's probably one of the best bosses in the game. I, I really love they throw um, its, it's uh, minions at it. I like how you progressively go higher up. Uh, I love how you can see Scowl's base in the background of like the stages as you get closer. Just an overall great stage. I mean, I just, I love it. It's, it's very awesome, and I think yeah, not many games have like Swiss-inspired areas like this. I think this is the Swiss landscape. That call before was Traveler of the Stars, and that is me now. I just got so excited about talking about Bright, or excuse me, Autumn Heights, not Bright Savannah, and how gorgeous you two are. I didn't say that. Quick question: If any world from Tropical Freeze was to make a reappearance, which one would you choose, and why is it probably Autumn Heights? Okay, goodbye. Uh. Well, thank you for the calls, as always, Traveler of the Stars. Uh, w- one thing we didn't talk about with the, the Scowl fight, Dustin, is the beginning of it where, you know, Scowl makes his appearance and he, like, does this ritualistic sacrifice of a banana. <laughs> and and just the absolute uh, horror on the Kong's faces. <laughs> right, like, like... There's there's no seeming point to it other than Scal just being a petty little bitch and 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 the the Kongs <laughs> are just like this is a war crime you've just committed you've just smashed <laughs> one banana a singular it's so stupid what who do you think you are it's so it's so just like this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen, but I love it because it knows it's so stupid. Totally. I, I, I think my favorite is, uh, when funky does it, uh, just his face. He's just like, "What did you do that for, man?" Yeah, he almost does the what? <laughs> did I just see what I thought I saw? <laughs> <laughs> He's in utter disbelief. Um. Wow, high praise. One of the best worlds. And did he say it was his favorite stage in any Donkey Kong game? Your fa- favorite world, like, I mean. like right up there with Frozen Donkey Kong Island, I believe. But I mean, I I, I, can I don't know if I can say it's my number one favorite, but I would I would definitely put it in my top. You know, nostalgia is a hell of a thing, and it's it's hard for me to really compare like the the later two Donkey Kong Country games with the original trilogy, just because the original trilogy has meant so much to me for so much longer. Of, of my life. Right. It's not that I don't love retros games. I do, but th- they can never really compare with, with the feelings that the original DKC trilogy evokes. So. Right. It, yeah. It, it, you know, I, I can see where, uh, Traveler Stars is coming from, though. And, you know, they, they, they ask if we, like, what, what world 
would would we want to see back basically like would you like to see autumn heights make make a return appearance and my thing is i don't know how you would do it i guess you could say well, here's the backside of the island that we never saw but i feel like these islands being sort of like self-contained it's it's kind of like donkey kong island is is large enough that you could you know plausibly as we've seen in the past like re-explore terrain and and get something new out of it but if if we're to return to this aesthetic i would just say let's go back to the northern hemisphere like let's let's see like the, we we've never seen the edges of the northern hemisphere we don't know how far that extends we could just keep mining the northern hemisphere and get the same vibes from autumn heights that's my personal take i don't know yeah like as as much as I adore Autumn Heights, I, I it is my favorite world in the whole game. But like the Northern Hemisphere is like a whole game. Yeah, that's a whole two, game with so many different level archetypes games. you could two mess two old games. Dust. Don't yeah. forget about yeah. Donkey Kong Land Three. <laughs> Perish the thought, Heil. Um, one thing I will say though, when I was playing this earlier today, I did have the thought of like. I wish this was not stuck on a 2D plane. I love 2D side-scrollers, but I think it was horn, horn top hop uh, just with all those uh, cool birch trees. I was <laughs> like, I want to be able to just run around in this world in a 3D space. I would love to just jump, run around, and explore all of this. So if they brought this world back in a 3D Donkey Kong game... I would be very overjoyed, but I would it be my number one pick though? Because I feel like if you're expanding tropical freeze worlds into a 3d donkey Kong game, I could see it being a lot of fun being bringing back juicy jungle too. You might even have more to work with in a 3d space for that one. I think I might need to give it to juicy jungle over autumn Heights, uh, but it would be very close. I have to say, I'm very excited about the possibility of having, like, a more temperate Donkey Kong environment in a 3D plane. It's not something... Like, Donkey Kong 64 had um, Fungi Forest, um, which, which kind of, but not really. Like, something that's more evocative of Autumn Heights or the Northern Hemisphere. Like, like... Yeah. I Like, Tamarin... It, like look, looking at that game that that had a lot of the similar vibes i would like to see maybe not like massacring ants but you know th- similar vibes <laughs> that i would want to see in a 3d donkey kong game at some point i think the next 3d donkey yeah. kong game we're gonna get if if it is the next donkey kong game or not will primarily be jungles but hopefully we can broaden our horizons a little bit so Agreed. Yeah. Well, thank you for the call calls, plural, Traveler of the Stars. Um, l- thank you so much. Let's go ahead and play our next one. Hey, it's uh, El Sidley on the forums. Uh, just quick call here when I saw you doing Autumn Heights. I just want to say, as someone who grew up uh, playing the original trilogy of the games, my favorite levels were always the minecart ones or the roller coaster slash toboggan ones when you get to later games. Um, I don't know what it was. It's just as a kid, it really spoke to me. I love playing them over and over again. Uh, and so Spunnel Thrill in Autumn Heights, I think, is the platonic form of the minecart stage. It's so creative. It's so varied in all the different ways it goes. 
for me, it really reaches its zenith in that section where you're having a jump on platforms that are coming up from behind you. Uh, we haven't really seen anything like that before, and I thought the way it was implemented was done really well. And so Sawmill Thrill and Autumn Heights, for me, is probably my favorite level in across all of the Donkey Kong games. So love it. Just wanted to give a shout-out to that specific level. You know what I love about this episode um, almost as much as you identifying the birch trees with such passion just now. I knew you were a tree identifying maniac, Dustin. You just didn't know it was inside. <laughs> you of got you. me. Um, is is when we get a call like this that just completely validates what we were talking about earlier, and it makes us feel like um we're plugged into the zeitgeist far more than we actually ever are. <laughs> Yep. Uh, yeah, wow. I, I love all this praise this world's been getting from these two callers. <laughs> well, but but specifically Sawmill Thrill. Like, we, we wouldn't shut up about that yeah. one. And it's just nice that, yes. Adore Sawmill Someone else out there is like, I also think Sawmill Thrill is the ideal of, of the minecart stages. I, I, I think it is. Like, it wasn't even the last minecart stage in Tropical Freeze. And I, I think there were, there's, there's more fun to be had with it, but I do think Sawmill Thrill, it's going to be a hard one to beat going forward. Totally. I, I totally agree. It, it, this episode's really got me thinking of like, what would my favorite Donkey Kong like levels be? I never thought about like what my favorites in the whole series and how I would rank them would be. I I think I would put Sawmill Thrill probably at least in my top five. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I like for me. I think Bramble Scramble is still my all time favorite. But love Bramble Scramble. Yeah, I I think Sawmill Thrill would be in my top three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Wow. I I I love that so much for you, Hyle. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you can be happy for me, Dustin. <laughs> It's not weird at all. Well, I, I, I'd be, I'd be a real dick if I wasn't happy. Well, you know what? For you, you know, I, there, there's been lots of uh, dick, great dicks in in history. Dick Clark. Um, oh, that's true. Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke, fantastic, fantastic dick. Let's take the next call. Hey, this is Scarbird. I'm uh, new to the community. And this is my first time calling, but I was really excited to see the topic posted. Uh, Autumn Heights, in my eyes, is second only to Juicy Jungle. My favorite level in, in any DK game is probably Wing Ding. I just love just, like, the cool, like, like bird palaces and stuff. And just the music just makes me think of bird music. Uh, I'm a younger DK fan, and I loved Returns, but then just, like, once I got my hands on Tropical Freeze, it just cemented the franchise in my heart. Uh, I think it's the most beautiful just platformer to date, just like visually, and it's probably why I'm an environmental artist now. And that kind of brings me out to the main point I was going to bring up, which is that the uh, the logging operation in Sawmill Thrill, I, I think it's the snowman's doing because um, the uh, like the red like the wooden walls they have there, the planks are organized in the same like V-shaped pattern as the walls in High Tide Ride, Sea Stack Attack, and a little bit in Twilight Terror. And I think it kind of adds to the idea that the snowmads are like a terrible colonizing force with DK Island just being one of many places they've subjugated. But uh, the owls seem to be native to Autumn Heights, and yet they're allied with the snowmads. Because I, th- I think there's some interesting maybe history there with the owls as like a third-party faction to the snowmads. 
Um, and maybe they're okay with the logging that the snowmen do as long as they don't disturb, like, their temple at the mountain peak, which is probably me just looking too far into it. But, yeah, uh, thanks for hearing my call. Thank you for the call. Always great to hear uh, from a new caller, somebody new to the community at that. And, Dustin, I hadn't considered this. You know you know how much I consider, I try to consider all aspects of of the you you do a lot of considering i do uh the the lore implied or just completely fabricated in my own fevered imagination uh, of donkey kong and it makes sense because you know logging now now granted granted the kongs the bears like like the forces of good that we see in the donkey kong country series they all use wood a- and wood comes right. from trees. So they do have to cut down some trees every now and again. They might not like it, but they do it. They live in tree houses, they live in cabins. That requires wood. But uh you know, I hadn't considered that maybe the snowmads are behind the logging operations in Autumn Heights. Um, you know, I I, I thought maybe this was just a, a benign sawmill, you know, because there there's a a resplendent amount of trees in Autumn Heights, and you can spare some because because you gotta make uh you gotta get the wood from somewhere and gotta gotta get paper from somewhere. They they use paper. Diddy writes that note to Timber and Diddy Kong Racing. <laughs> um, but I, I, this this is the kind of stuff I like comparing like the the wood spikes to the other wood spikes you see. Um in like the snowmad encampments in, in places like um, Bright Savannah. And it's just like, yeah, you know what? That actually makes sense that the snowmads might be responsible for this logging operation, especially if the hoots have a, a bigger prominence on Autumn Heights. Maybe they're, they're the ones helping facilitate this. And I mean, I, I, I like that train of thought. That's, that's the kind of stuff I love where, you know, fans looking into this kind of stuff and even seeing details that I don't do. And this is what I do all day long, Dustin. This is all I do is consider the DKU. Good job considering. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that it doesn't have to just straight up tell you. I like that there's enough in the, the environment that you can just come to that conclusion on your own. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for the call. And you've completely changed the way I look at Sawmill Thrill. And now I hate it. So good job. You completely, you completely <laughs> now it's the worst. You level. completely reverse my opinion. It's, it's no better than a Kremlin factory. Thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> All right. Let's take our next call. Kyle, I woke up as a driver of the stars calling again because I woke up in a cold sweat. I just needed to call you one more time. I wanted to hopefully be the last caller. Um, Schnauzel. Schnauzel, right? I'm sure you've talked about all that groovy guy. So that comes from uh, some German words, right? German and with the Swiss uh, imagery, right? European. I need to ask, Kyle, when is the character spotlight, character witness, for the Ouija leader hosen, or as you call it famously, Luigi with a bit of sausage. I'm tired of you running. Uh, we're all tired of you running. Um, Rare will not make another game. Nintendo will not make another Donkey Kong game unless you give the people what they want. You need to do this, Isle. What if, what if, uh, let me ask you a question. What if, uh, Isle Diddy Kong got in the Mario Kart DLC? 
But then also, it was all funky. It was Luigi with the big sausage. Would you, would you clap? And also, what would you do if your wife came up to you, said, uh, Kyle, my favorite character is Luigi with the big sausage. Can you make a character witness? I mean, you couldn't say no to that, right? Right? I mean, come on. You gotta give the people what they want. We all want more Luigi with the big sausage coverage. Um, you're the man of the people. So, get on that. Okay, love you. Goodbye. So, Dustin, I I appreciate the Traveler of the Stars called in twice already in this episode, and then was like, "Wait, I didn't bring up Luigi with the big sausage, which which fits the <laughs> Oktoberfest themes of, of Autumn Heights." Gotta make a call about Luigi with the big sausage. I won't rest until I make this call to Heil. Here's the thing about your logic, Traveler Sir. I don't think Luigi with the Big Sausage would necessitate a character witness because Luigi with the Big Sausage is just Luigi with the Big Sausage. Like, like, like he's not a separate character unto himself. He's just Luigi wearing Lederhosen holding a Big Sausage. And I don't even know if a, a character witness for a, a Mario character would be under the conversation's purview, right? Like, cameo game characters that still have, you know, the crossover with with Donkey Kong cast or even Banjo and Kazooie or, or what have you. Like, like they're, they're DKU adjacent. They're not DKU. They're not native-born DKU. And, and so I feel like if, if right. here on the conversation, we would truly be out of ideas if we started doing character witnesses for Mario characters, I would feel squicky about it. Ew. I would feel like I would need to take... Uh, <laughs> Ew, dirty. I would, yeah, I would need to take baths constantly just to cleanse myself after. That would be <laughs> me selling out. That's what that would be. E- even um, like wrapping it up in something more palatable to my own senses and sensibilities, like having an enormous sausage in Luigi's hand... Um, it, it would still be too far afield from my mission statement that, um, that I don't think I could do a character was like, maybe, maybe we'll do an episode about like the, the top five sausages in the DKU. And, and then, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh man, I'm, I'm hoping for the, the big sausage from cloud cuckoo land. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Cloud Cuckoo Land is the worst. <laughs> I I I love Banjo Tooie. <laughs> Cloud Cuckoo Land sucks my toes. Yeah, Banjo Tooie is my favorite game on on the planet, and I can't defend Cloud Cuckoo Land. Here, here's the thing: I think Cloud Cuckoo Land has some interesting bits, and I like... Cloud Cuckoo yeah. Land is the Donkey Kong 64 of Banjo-Tooie, in, in that <laughs> I, I, I like elements of Cloud Cuckoo Land, and I enjoy thinking about it, but when I sit down to play it, I'm not having a good time. It's just that big cave. I hate how annoying the cave is. I'm, I'm very anti-cave this episode, you I feel like. fucking hate cave. Like, Nick Cave, you're like, get that shit out of here. I don't want any of his. <laughs> I will have music. none of this. No, no Nick Cave albums for me. I think, Dustin, that Cloud Cuckoo Land actually ties into our discussion about snowmats. You know why? 
Ooh. Have you ever considered... Well, how come? Why, why for? Have you ever considered that Cloud Cuckoo Land is a snowmad encampment? I can't say that I have, Hyle. Okay. I can't say well, I've we, ever had we that We know thought. Secret Seclusion is a magical snowmad encampment in the clouds, right? Secret uh-huh. Seclusion is plausibly the same location as Fungi Forest and... And chimpanzee clouds from donkey kong land they're all the same place is what i'm saying a secret seclusion is what the snowmats call it chimpanzee clouds is what the kongs called fungi forest is the location within chimpanzee clouds okay okay what's my point well it's a it's a floating island and floating environment within the clouds above donkey kong island what's a floating environment in the clouds above the isle hags it's cloud cuckoo land so is it possible, is it probable that the snowmats, while putting all of these little secret hideaways in the rare archipelago, also put one above the ILO hags? I think, obviously that wasn't the intention because Retro came up with the snowmats and Rare made Banjo-Tooie and what the fuck am I talking about? But... When we look at the logic <laughs> of the DKU, as we were talking about earlier, about bears in the Northern Hemisphere in relation to Autumn Heights, I think it's the only logical explanation for Cloud Cuckoo Land existing. And of course, there's other connections with Cloud Cuckoo Land and the broader DKU, like Canary Mary, obviously, is part of the same bird cosplaying weirdo society that uh, the Chopper Bird from Donkey Kong Jungle Beat is, is part of. And maybe they're even lovers. I like to imagine that in my head Ooh. on cold nights come winter. But <laughs> daily. But um that being said, could there be other snowmad encampments in the clouds above Willow Woods, above Pinata Island? Maybe. I'm gonna say yes. Maybe. Is that true? Maybe. Is that right? I like to think it's possible and that maybe one day we will find out for certain. But I bring this up also because Autumn Heights uh, clearly has some more snowmad prominence than the other islands in Tropical Freeze and that they have some roots there for as much as any nomadic people can have roots. So... Yeah, how, I, I kind of wish we got to see like Walrus World or something. That that's what I wish the Star Fox Adventures Dinosaur Planet sequel would have been. <laughs> I know it stuck with me for the last twenty years. Uh, like to just have let's just retcon all the bosses of Diddy Kong Racing to be weirdo space aliens. <laughs> they all have their own planet. You do it for one. You got to do it for all of them. <laughs> Sorry, we don't make the rules. So, uh, in in uh, conclusion, uh, Luigi with the big sausage. Uh, no character witness for that. Thank you for the call, Traveler of the Starts. You weren't the last caller, though. No, no. Somebody... Ooh. No, no, no. Somebody actually called in after you. So, uh, sorry to disappoint you. Better luck next time. Let's go ahead and take our final call. What is up, Heil and Dustin? Happy Autumn. It is my favorite time of year, and I'm very excited for this episode. I love everything about Autumn Fall. Love pumpkin stuff. Any any pumpkins you can imagine. I love the color temperatures, like caramel apples. Love uh, Halloween. Halloween's my favorite holiday. So yeah, 
I'm just, uh, I love this, love this world and Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. And whenever I fire the game up, I like just uh, playing a few levels here and there. And two of the ones I always hit are Alpine Incline and Sawmill Thrill. Love them both. Can you tell I'm excited that it's fall? Autumn. Happy autumn, both of you. Have a great episode. Looking forward to it. Take care. Oh, and this is uh, BlitzRunner29. Uh, thank you for the call, Blitzrunner29, was it? it? That's what it sounded like. I'm terrible with names, Dustin, but I'm even more terrible when they're made-up names. That people aren't, aren't <laughs> actually named in, in, in real life, so when I'm not... Like, you! I, I can wrap my head around your name, Dustin, because I've heard it before. Right, it's like Justin with a D. It, it, it's, it's similar to the acorn person, Dusty. From Conker's Pocket Tales. <laughs> so it's easy to remember. See, it's that easy. It's easy to remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just equate it with something meaningful in your life, people, like Dusty the Acorn. People love autumn. I'm finding that out, too. Like, uh, it's it's a lot of people's favorite season. And some people just like it for the, the pumpkin spice lattes. Did you know... This is in, uh, I don't I don't care about pumpkin spice lattes because I don't like pumpkin as a beverage. But did you know pumpkin spice lattes? You, it's impossible to get them vegan in the United States because Starbucks pumpkin spice uh, like powder blend whatever it's it's made with dairy in the United States. It's vegan in Europe, apparently, and, and other countries, uh, other continents, even. But here in the United States, it's made with dairy exclusively. So you cannot, That's crazy. You cannot get a vegan pumpkin spice latte with another milk because the milk is in the, the formula itself. I had no idea about that. My whole world's been <laughs> turned upside down. Yeah, yeah. So... I don't know. It's just like, yeah, I, I can't, I can't appreciate fall on the same level as some of these other people can because I can't drink a pumpkin spice latte at least once. So I get that, Heil. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I think if I had to pick a favorite season, I think it would be autumn. I like it. I, li- I like the feeling. So I live in Idaho where it's either too hot or too cold. And, uh, I really appreciate just the, it, I feel, it doesn't feel like it's autumn for long here because it feels like you'll have, summer will go on too long and then you'll maybe have like a couple weeks of nice temperature before it gets too cold. Uh, but I enjoy the time I have when it's just like a nice, simple little like high sixties, low seventies weather. Uh, I like the colors. I like the smells. <laughs> yeah. uh, I walk by the Albertsons near my house. I, I just take a big, deep, dank whiff, and I'm like, oh, yeah, autumn is here. <laughs> Nothing more that I like than a nice, dank whiff of fall. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's the question, Dustin. That That's what I wanted to bring up as, as we wrap up this episode. Autumn okay. Heights. It's in the name. But does that mean it's always autumn? 
in Autumn Heights? Is it a perpetual Never Never Lands of fall? Or does it actually experience the other three seasons as well? And we just happen to visit it in Autumn in Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. I kind of like the idea of the former. Like, just, you come to this island, and it's just, like, always a nice, perfect, cool temperature. Uh, you you kind of have, like, a, a small chill. It, it's it's not, like, super cold, but, it, it you know, it's it's maybe hoodie weather. Um... Yeah, the the leaves are just always a nice orangey red. So, so uh, wait, 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 but but like the the leaves can't just be in perpetual decay without like ever. F- maybe they are. Well, but but they they're falling. We see them falling off. So like eventually the trees have got to run out, right? Uh, right. That it. That answer wasn't in the game. Oh. So, okay. <laughs> Dustin, you can live your fantasy if you would like, but my take is Thank you. Autumn Heights, while it might always, you know, ha- have cooler weather than other areas of, of the Rare Archipelago, like, like it might always be a little bit cooler. I still think it snows there. Some, like, I still think they get winter. I still think, you know, spring renews the leaves and, and, you know, it, it's, it's never this perpetual autumn in Autumn Heights, but, the, like when we visited in Tropical Freeze. So Tropical Freeze came out February 2014. And I think a lot, right. a lot of people would be like, well, the game takes place in, in February then. Like, so, so Autumn Heights is always autumn. And to that, I would say, I believe you're incorrect people out there saying that. Stop it. Shut your mouth. Oh. Because. Fallen down the memory hole a little bit, but Tropical Freeze was originally scheduled to come out in November of 2013. So, autumn, you know, in the Northern Hemisphere. But, we actually have, uh, unlike other Donkey Kong Country games, and, and most DKU games, we have the beginning of Tropical Freeze tied to a specific event. And that event is Donkey Kong's birthday. And I've talked about this before. I've talked about it so many places on DK Vine, but it's a crucial component of discussing Autumn Heights. Because Autumn Heights takes place in autumn because Donkey Kong's birthday takes place in autumn. And we have some canonical evidence for that. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready, Freddy. Okay. I believe, crunching all of the data that I've had over the years in in DKU, that October 21st is Donkey Kong's birthday. So this this is years of research, Dustin. I've pinpointed October 21st to be Donkey Kong's birthday. Why? Well... If we're to look at Tropical Freeze as beginning on Donkey Kong's birthday, then it starts on October 21st. Um, uh huh. I believe that we, we, we can pinpoint it to October 21st, 2013, because I mentioned Zipline Shrine and I was kind of negative compared to Wingding, right? But Zipline Shrine in Lost Mangroves 
it's the first time we have a, a night level in Tropical Freeze. And it takes place in the middle of a meteor shower. Now, I don't know how much you know about meteor showers, Dustin. I don't know if you know as much about meteor showers as you know about trees. But the annual Orionid meteor shower reaches its peak in late October. And in 2013, 2013, the zenith, the the peak of the Orionid meteor shower was between October 21st and October 22nd. The first nightfall in Tropical Freeze would have been the peak of the Orionid meteor shower in late October. Why have I pinpointed it to October 21st specifically for Donkey Kong's birthday? The first time we saw Donkey Kong's birthday canonically portrayed in a game was in Mario Party 4. They celebrated Donkey Kong's birthday in there. They got him all these cute little gifts like a Donkey Kong nesting doll and a little DK barrel and uh, like a banana tree and really shitty gifts. But it's it's from Mario and friends. And <laughs> they don't really know him that well. But the release date for Mario Party 4, October <gasps> 21st. Oh my god! So yeah, Autumn Heights takes place in in the autumn, but you know, maybe it's always autumn. Just that I, I I don't know. This has been a File Two production. Terrico.